Hello, welcome to the 50th episode of Kiara Gets Drunk and Talks About Music. Today, we are going to be wrapping up the year 2021, and I'm here with my best friend, Natalie. Woohoo! Natalie, welcome back to the Kiara Gets Drunk podcast. Yay, thank you! Happy to be here. Thank you for coming. It has been a journey, Nat. This is episode 50, and uh, the listeners who have been with us since the beginning will remember episode one. You came on the podcast back in the day. This was almost three years ago now. Wow. Really? Almost three years ago that we recorded it. Yeah. Because it didn't come out until much later. Oh, okay. (laughs) We like recorded it and I want to say it took me like a good three months to like edit it (laughs) to a point that I felt good with to release into the world. You were like editing out. I remember you were editing out all the breaths, all of like every single pose. Everything. I was like, somebody said like, yeah. But we were, we, we talked about um, From Under the Cork Tree by Fall Out Boy. That was episode Great one, album. 49 episodes ago. And uh, yeah, amazing album. And we were literally just like in my condo. I had just moved in basically. And we sat on my couch and we made Gin and Sonics and we got super drunk. Because <laughs> we had like, we like preed for this. We, we were did. Like, All right, here we go. <laughs> we definitely did. We were just like, well, we, like Kiara gets drunk and talks about music. We need to be drunk before we even start. <laughs> and I feel like slowly but surely we have drank a little bit less. It depends on which episode you listen yeah. to, I suppose. Depends on the mood. But that that's crazy that that was a few years ago. And, you know, here we are, episode 50. And now you're, you know, our 50th guest. Or not our 50th guest, but you're our guest on our 50th episode. Yeah. I wish I had 50 guests. <laughs> but I also don't because I would not change a thing about the way that the podcast has gone so far. It's just been like, it's been amazing seeing it grow. And I love that you've been able to be a part of it. Yeah, it's so awesome to be here. I'm like really excited to be in person here. I sound probably so much better than I have in the past couple ones I've been on because... I'm like here in the flesh instead of you've you got know, the mic miles away. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's a really good point because obviously when COVID hit, we started doing all our episodes virtually. And the last episode you did with us, which I believe was Let Go by Avril Lavigne. Oh, great album. Yeah. Great album. But you were, yeah, you, we, we did it uh, over Zoom because I still wasn't back in person. So it was like, it's amazing having you here today. It's just like, yeah, oh, warms my like, heart. Brings us back. Brings the good back. old days. It, seriously, it, it, it was because like you were probably like the most like, consistent guest before we went into lockdown because you were just like here every weekend anyways. Yeah, we might as well do a pod. Maybe as well just bang out a pod while we're here. But it's been, yeah, it's been an amazing journey with the podcast. And uh, like I said, I'm just happy that you were a part of it. It's also been a pretty crazy year. I mean, like, I don't know if, I don't know if 2021 was weirder than 2020 because it's almost like you lived with the pandemic and now you're like kind of moving on, but things are still locked. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. It was like weird because like 2020, it was still like, this is like a weird way to put it, but it was like a novelty. Like I was like, oh, I'm going to just like work from home. This is great. Like yeah. I have excuses to get out of social interactions. And I was like, oh wait, I miss all those things. And 2021 was kind of like always waiting for the next thing to happen. You were always waiting for like the vaccine, the next thing to open, stage one, step two, part three. I don't know. Stage one, <laughs> step two, part three, <laughs> the remix. <laughs> Literally though, when, like for all of us who are in Ontario, we closed down and opened shit up so many yeah. times that it was so frustrating. But you know what? I'm happy to be here now. You and I are both mm-hmm. double vaccinated. We're feeling good, feeling like we're prepared against feeling. any COVID variant that will come our way. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully never. But um, no, yeah, it's been it's been a it's been a crazy year. But I will say there have been a lot of 
bright spots. There have been some pretty sure. amazing things that have happened in the music world. So I did want to share with you uh, those. We're going to talk Please about, do. for the listeners, just so you know, this episode is very special. So we're not just going to talk to our beautiful friend Natalie here about uh, her flip. favorite album of the year, Hair Flip. <laughs> it's me, everyone. Um, but we're also going to talk to some of our guests over the last 50 episodes from the Kiara Gets Drunk and Talks About Music podcast. Do I get to meet them? No. <laughs> maybe later <laughs> but here they are <laughs> come on down um no but they're gonna be you know um filling in some guest spots throughout the the podcast and we're gonna get a good cross section i feel like of a lot of the albums that were released this year talking about some of our favorite music moments of the year so that's really exciting and obviously we're gonna get to yours natalie a little bit later on in the episode but i did want to share with you some fun facts about uh music that happened this year some things that i think are pretty cool a couple highlights uh, we saw the return of our queen, Adele. Yeah, welcome back. Welcome back, Adele. She gave us the tune, Easy On Me, which just came out, like, what, a few weeks ago? A month ago? Yeah, I haven't listened to it yet. You haven't listened to I'm it at all. I'm going to have to listen to it afterwards. <gasps> I've just seen all of her, like, TikTok appearances or, like, Instagram Live appearances. Where yeah. She's like, oh, hello. Oh, she's hilarious. Yeah. Like, she's so great. Her accent, too, is just, like, so freaking funny. But she's she came back. She announced her new album after... Her last album was, I believe... 25 and that this album is called 30 so it's been at least is she actually 30 i think, I think we talked about this over 30 she's over 30 because she names her albums based on her age when she was writing them got it so i think she's like 32 33 got it something like that but anyways i'm excited to have our queen adele back um tiktok and instagram real videos took over i think a lot of our lives <laughs> seriously um uh, yeah i was just gonna say i think we listened to stay by justin bieber and the kid Leroy. More than any other song on TikTok. So good. Like just the guy. Who the one like, guy. The one guy who's like shaking his butt. Yeah. Like all over TikTok. Uh, that was in my Uber drive on the way home and I was literally picturing that guy like. It's just such a subtle little butt shake. Yeah. It's so good. And he it's has the perfect. drone. Yeah. It's, it's chef's kiss. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Risotto. <laughs> That's a deep cut joke for any of you who have been listening to the podcast for a while. Um, we also placed our bets on uh, Kanye's album versus Drake's album release. We were disappointed in both. Spoiler oh, alert. Nobody ew. liked them. They both kind of sucked. <laughs> um, Bright Spot, though, we watched musical adaptations for major Broadway shows like In the Heights and Dear Evan Hansen. Oh, Dear Evan Hansen. I was thinking about that because you were playing it, obviously. And yeah. it was just like, uh, emotions. My heart. You're like, oh, he's 28 years old in high school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and once I've actually like listened to those, seen the whole story and not just listened to the music, I was like, wow, this is... Much, much sadder than I thought. I was like, it was a lot. Through the window. I'm like, ready. I'm like, positivity. <laughs> it was a lot, but it was good. I didn't, so like, good. I didn't hate the movie adaptation. I still haven't seen In the Heights, but I know you have. Yeah, I like Dear Evan Hansen more, but I also knew the music more, so I just. Fair. Like that one, but. But we do like Anthony Ramos. Do we ever. Yeah, we do. We're big fans. <laughs> Eyebrow raise. <laughs> I was just, I was like, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> the sunglasses. <Hey>. Yeah. <laughs> Um, now, so that was the, like some of the high points of the year. We also had a uh, big artist dropped a lot of albums this year. There's a lot of albums to choose from when you're talking about your favorite albums of 2021. I'm only going to share a short list, but, um, some of the ones that really stuck out to me. So little Sims, Steve Aoki, a day to remember, remember a day to remember. Wow. They released a new album I this year. I remember them. Who'd have thunk it? You remember them? <laughs> good. Their name holds up. Um, Weezer dropped a new album this year. Really? Yeah. Is it good? I haven't listened to it. Oh, sorry, listeners. But this is just a list that I'm reading off of now. What are you singing? I don't know what that is. What is it? When you want to hold oh. <laughs> That took me a minute. 
It's probably a bad rendition. No, it just took me a second to be like, wait, what's happening? (laughs) What are you singing? So yes, Weezer released a new album, Foo Fighters, The Weeknd, Nick Cave, Kings of Leon, Justin Bieber, Monoskin. Monoskin. Remember Monoskin? No. Um, They sing that song uh, that's like, I want to be your slave. I want to be your master. They they won Eurovision. That's Oh, okay, okay. They're Swedish or something. Um, Ziggy Alberts, Casey Musgraves, St. Vincent, BTS, Doja Cat, Leon Bridges, Billie Eilish, The Killers, Lord, Gorillaz, James Vincent, McMorrow, James wow. Blake, Coldplay, Megan Thee Stallion, and literally hundreds more albums came out this year. An important one, since we're talking about Swedish. ABBA. ABBA. Welcome back. How did I put up an ABBA? Did the, did the album come out, though, yet? Or will they release songs? Maybe it wasn't a whole album. Okay, but exciting. Exciting. You do love your ABBA. I do. ABBA is great. <laughs> The, like honestly anytime I hear gimme 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 a man after midnight on like the tiktok reels I just get so, so happy seeing people like dance in like perfect unison to ABBA it makes my so heart good. happy alright so Nat there have been a lot of albums that are new this year but did you know in 2022 there are a whole host of records that are celebrating major milestone birthdays I don't think I want to know this I think it's I think gonna make do. me feel Oh. oh, it will. But that's the whole point. We're drinking wine. We're just going to drown our sorrows in the wine. Okay. Shout out board. to Small Mercy Wine Co. Because you guys make a good white. Um, albums that are turning 10 years old in 2022. I'll start you off with an with easy one that I don't think will affect you too much. But Channel Orange by Frank Ocean. It's going to turn 10. Some Nights by Fun. Ouch. That one hurt, right? That one hurt. The Cummy Real Deep Shrek. Cummy Real Deep. <laughs> you feel it's good word? <laughs> Um, Blunderbuss by Jack White of the White Stripes. Red by Taylor Swift. Oh, that one feels old. That one feels old. Feels Babel old. by Mumford and Sons. That and feel, that's like their third one too, isn't it? That one? Second. Second. That's their sophomore record. Yeah. We've, we talked about it on the pod before. Yeah. Uh, and Born to Die by Lana Del Rey. Her debut record turns 10 this year. Wow. We've had 10 years of Lana Del Rey. Blessing. Do you want to hear the albums that turn 20? No. <laughs> no, I don't. Too bad. Justified by Justin Timberlake. His debut album. The one that had like, um, yes, correct. Exactly. Thank you. You read my mind. <laughs> by the way, by Red Hot Chili Peppers, the, N- the, the, the M&M show by Eminem. I almost like the M&M show by Eminem also turns 20. Phrenology by The Roots. Songs about Jane by Maroon 5. Ooh. Ouch. <laughs> that one hurts. And I got one more for you. Don't do it. Don't do it. Natalie. Does it follow boy? Nope. Let Go by Avril Lavigne. (laughs) Turns 20 years old in 2022. We've talked about it on the pod. There's a lot of records on this list that we've actually talked about on the pod. We've talked about songs about the songs about Jane, Let Go. We've talked about Babel. I think that's it. Okay. So it was only three, but still like that's a fair amount. I mean, okay. Let Go. It, it hurts, but it also was like, yeah, that was a long time You're ago. You're like, yeah, I was out. like seven. So yeah, like, I that checks out. Okay. I guess I'm not. I was a child on the school bus but it's singing like, that song. <laughs> but it's like one of those things where you're like, I still, when I still think last year, I mean like the timeline I feel like has been a little bit screwed up because of COVID, but I have been operating probably the last five years. Like, oh yeah, last year I was in university. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Haven't moved on yet. And that was five years ago that I graduated university. So I, yeah, I'm still like, I'm like, I'm an entry level person. I'm new in my career. I don't have responsibilities actually. I don't owe you guys anything. Yeah. I'm with you on that. I'm, I'm allowed to say, I don't know how to do this because I graduated last year. Yeah, no, literally like, but now we can't do that because now we're the established ones and there's all these little like baby 22 year olds who are coming into the ring. And you're like, Oh, so scared. It'll be okay. I'll show you my favorite cry spot. (laughs) What's it's my John bedroom Mulaney because thing? I don't go anymore. 
what's the John Mulaney joke where it's like talking about horses and he's like, shh, shh. why do people always shush horses? <laughs> They've <laughs> never spoken. <laughs> oh, John <Whoa>. Mulaney. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. Um, well, okay. So those are some of the things that happened in 2021. Some of the albums that came out in 2021, some birthdays that we're going to have to celebrate in 2022. <laughs> Happy birthday. Mr. President. <laughs> I went the positive route on that one. Um, but now I think, Nat, we're going to take a little bit of a break. We're going to hear from some of our favorite guests on the podcast uh, on their albums, their favorite albums of 2021. What do you say? Hit me. I'll hit you right now. Here, here they, they come. come. <laughs> okay. Year-end wrap-up. And today joining me to talk about uh, one of his favorite albums of the year 2021 is my little brother, Ethan. Yeah. <laughs> Ethan, welcome back to the podcast. You're a friend of the podcast. You've been on many, many an episode, including a couple just in uh, probably like three in the last year. So you're an expert on this now, eh? The three in the last year? I don't know. We've done, we did Bo, we did... Um, La La Land, was that this year too? La La Land, I think, was this year. And I think Shrek was maybe this year. <laughs> Man, and we've had a, Young Blood we've had a was big this year. year big year oh, true for yeah. yeah big year for for music but uh yeah i'm so grateful that you've been such a consistent member of our pod squad family and i'm psyched to have you here contributing to our year end special uh ethan and i are recording on a beautiful sunday afternoon i've got to ask you what yeah. was your favorite album of 2021 what album are we talking about today my favorite album of 2021 is sure by fleet foxes sure. um Please. that's what we're going to be talking about today now, uh, you know, just a, as a little precursor for our listeners, Shore by Fleet Foxes, great album, released under mm. Anti Records. Technically, it came out in the year 2020, but I will allow it as an expanded edition uh, dropped in 2021. There are no cheaters here. You know, I didn't think you'd have to call me out, but you did it anyway, <laughs> and I was like, God damn it. It's okay. Why? There's a version. If you go on Spotify, if you go on Apple Music, there is an expanded version that says the year it came out is 2021. So Ethan, you're fine. You made the cut. Um, and this was actually, it's, a, it's an interesting album. It's a folk album. They're an American band, Fleet Foxes, and it was their first album since their record uh, in 2017, which was called Crack Up. And I read that their front man, Robin Pecknold, said it was supposed to be this like, kind of like the, the two albums are actually like together. So one half, the Crack Up half is like kind of depressing and sad and dark and introspective. Yeah. And the shore side is a little bit more positive a little bit more celebratory and yes for an album that was recorded during the pandemic you know like during probably the height of lockdown uh i feel like i definitely got that sense but this isn't about me so you think can you tell me a little bit about first off how did you how did you discover fleet foxes they're never that, that was never a band i ever heard you talk about to be perfectly honest and uh and then how you discovered this album yeah, no, it's true. I, I usually don't ever well because the thing is, I actually I'm not like a music person in general. Um, like what I usually do is I'll go on. I I discover my music through YouTube. Like I'll just like be watching music videos and I'll go down a rabbit hole. And every now and then I'll find a song that I really enjoy and I save it to a playlist. And right. I just always listen to that playlist on repeat. That's how always I listen to YouTube. music. Always on YouTube, basically. Like I and I'm trying to like I'm trying to explore new like artists and find new music and, and whatnot. But it was the way I discovered Flea Foxes was I was actually writing a story, and I I came across White Winter Hymnal for the first time. I love that song. That is my go-to Christmas jam. Oh, Christmas, eh? Okay, it's actually, that's like true. Talk about hymnal. snow. Like, yeah, they talk about snow. It's like, um, uh, what's happening? I that's was following. Why can't I think? It does give winter vibes. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I came across that, and then I was just like, 
like this song fit perfectly in the ending of the thing I was trying to write or like well, I, as soon as I watched it I immediately found the ending and I was like Gah! so if I ever that that's my sound for whatever really good idea. It's like a Gen Z Eureka. Oh, yeah, instead of Eureka, it, some guy in a lab today is just going to go, yeah, we got to fly into a black hole. Let's do it. And you know for sure that he was educated during lockdown, so he took all online classes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, What's going to become of us? But yeah, no, that's how I discovered them. And then, like I said, I'm trying to, like, discover new artists. So every now and then, like, if I'm washing dishes or just, you know, doing stuff. I'll put in my headphones, go on Spotify, find like a random artist and just listen to their stuff. Um, and then I was like, you know what? I should listen to more Fleet Foxes stuff. And I listened to, uh, I can't remember. Mykonos? What was the original album? Uh, oh, I have listened to Mykonos. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I listened to that other album. I think I proposed first, which oh, I, I can't remember. remember what the name is now. I'm sorry. But it was like, one, no, I'm sorry. It was one of their older ones. It's the one that uh, White Winter Hymnal was on. So I listened to that. Yeah. And then I also listened to Shore. Um I listened to Featherweight as soon as it came out, which is a song from Shore. Um, and yeah, just been listening to them quite a bit. Now, okay, so this album, Shore, do you have a couple of favorite songs? You mentioned Featherweight, I think it's called. I would say, yeah, I think Featherweight was probably one of my favorites. And that was one of the first ones I listened to from the album. Um, and yeah, I think like, because you mentioned that they were, they wrote this like the height of the pandemic. Yeah, they recorded it, I would say, uh, like end of 2019 into, or sorry, uh, Robin Pecknold was writing it 2018, 2019, and then the recording process happened in 2020 when when the pandemic obviously first hit. Oh, interesting. Okay, yeah. so yeah, I find that very interesting because I think Featherweight, I remember watching that, or I first listened to it as soon as like this year started, like the school year started. Right. Because I think that's when I the music video was released and that's when I watched it. Um, music video is great, by the way. They make great music videos. But yeah, no, I watched that at the beginning of the, the school year and... Like it almost felt to me like it was that kind of like song coming out of the pandemic, almost like you know, uh, the sun is finally like coming up over the horizon. That's kind of what it gave because it was like, I think there's a line where he's like, Let this last long year be forgiven, right? Um, and so I was just immediately thinking of like 2020 basically, and it was like, Yeah, that was a long year, pretty bad, but hey like it's better now like maybe it's not maybe it's not perfect but we can forget about it and forgive it and just move on and, and focus on you know the positive future we have in front of us yeah. um oh, i love that yeah because it has a very like positive um tone to it even though it is very like melancholy i think in nature but yeah no it's very it, it, it still feels like very like epic and i'm just like i want to run across the street i don't know <laughs> I was gonna say run around the block and then I just blank. I wanna run across the street. I wanna run across just a just an album that makes you wanna run across the street. <laughs> oh my god. Just an album that makes you wanna use the crosswalk and yeah. that's it. This album is one that makes me just kind of want to like, like I want it to start snowing and I want to like yeah. have like all my lights turned down low and have like my Christmas lights on. And I just, even though it's not a Christmas album, they just, again, it's because of the the way that they perform the songs. I feel like I just, I want it on in the background as I'm like sipping hot cocoa or like mulled wine. And I'm just like watching like the pretty lights outside. Like that's kind of like my vibe with, with Fleet Foxes. I feel like is it's just this warm presence in my life 
when I listen to like White Winter Hymnal or I listen to Mykonos or whatever it is. And and this album, again, I listened to it a couple of times. I listened to it while I was grocery shopping today. And it was like, I don't know. It was just, it was a very chill way to do my groceries. Whereas normally I've got like Kendrick Lamar in my ears and he's like, hurry up, like hurry the fuck up, get the cheese, get the milk, just get the fuck out of there. But um, they were very, it was, it, DNA. Yeah. yeah, it was a very calm experience. And uh, yeah, I, re- I really did like this record. I feel like I'm going to continue to listen to it as the year ends and into 2022. It's an album I like listening to and I like listening to the, their other stuff as well. So I'm sure I'll be listening to Fleet Foxes for quite a while. Quite a while. Now, a little bit off topic, Ethan, but I do want to ask all of our guests this as we as we wrap up 2021. It's been a very weird fucking year. Um, mm. What was your, you know, what, what was your high point of the year? Do you have any favorite memories from the past year? Anything that you're grateful for that happened in 2021 that you can uh, that you can leave our listeners with? A little bit of positivity for the end of the day. Mm-hmm. I guess it was just like finally being able to, because like you know, going into the last year of university, I think it was just being able to. Like that was one of the biggest highlights was being able to see everybody again in person, you know, even if it was like, we, you know, we had to wear masks and stuff and all that jazz, but it was way better than being on the computer screen. You know, we could all be in a room together and yeah, it was obviously it's not the same as it was in first and second year, but it's, you know, a hell of a lot closer than it was, you know, the year before. 100%. Um, yeah, just being able to hear their voices and see them in three in the three dimensional space. See it's, them in real yeah, time. Yeah, it's Give incredible. Them a hug. Give them a big squeeze. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It, it was it was beautiful. So, um, yeah, that's been like one of the highlights. Just being able to see them all again and being able to go through this year, this last year with them. Um, yeah, it's been really nice. Okay, we are back for another year-end wrap-up discussion, and today I am joined by Meg, host of the Gin and Beer podcast. Hey, Meg. Hello. How's it going, girl? It is good. It is good. Thank you so much for having me yet again. I don't know why you keep inviting me back to your show, but (laughs) I'm honored. (laughs) I know why I keep inviting you back because uh, I love chatting with you and you're my uh, sister across the pond, sister, expat, I don't know, favorite expat, I suppose. (laughs) Same, same. Oh, so much love. But yeah, no, thank you for having me. So, so happy to be here. Anytime, anytime. Now we're talking about all of our favorite albums of, uh, of this past year. So Meg, what's the album you've chosen as your favorite album of 2021? My favorite album of this year is Sour by Olivia Rodrigo. What a huge <laughs> record this was too. Yeah. Holy moly, eh? So just a little fun facts for our listeners. Uh, Sour by Olivia Rodrigo came out under Geffen Records. Uh, Olivia is only 18 years old. She's essentially a child, um, but she yeah. literally had one of the biggest records of the year. Uh, especially her smash hit driver's license, which went triple platinum and it broke the Spotify record for the single most streams for a non-holiday song in one day, which is crazy. Um, And in the U S it's actually the most consumed album in total activity. So streams, record sales, video views, things like that uh, ever done by a female artist to date, which is just absolutely nuts. So that being said, it's a critically acclaimed record. Clearly the people love it. Why do you love it, Meg? Why did you pick this album to talk about today? I, so, I mean, to be perfectly honest, I picked it because this is kind of embarrassing being a music fanatic, but I like, I'm getting worse and worse by the year at like actually listening to full albums. Um, I feel like we're just in this like instant gratification, you know, like streaming services and stuff aren't helping. Like you, you listen to a single and you like it and you're just so much less likely to listen to a whole, a whole album. So, um, this album was one of the few that I actually like listened to in full this year repetitively, which is why I chose to pick it. Um, but that also not to discredit it, like it is just a really good, 
album. Um, so yeah, that, that's why that's why I chose it. Also, I just feel like it is a callback to all of my angsty teenage feelings. <laughs> I totally agree. Like as a as a nearly twenty eight year old woman listening to this record, I was literally just like, why does she make me feel so many things? Like why does this child essentially like eighteen year old <laughs> girl who you know like just finished up high school? I'm like, how does she know? How does she know my feelings? She's giving me the biggest emotional release of this year. Like I feel, and I feel like a lot of my friends, like a lot of millennials, they've said this was like a Gen Z successful album, but I feel like a lot of millennials and even, you know, the next generation up were enjoying this music. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. No, I, I completely agree. It's, um, I, I feel like the last time this was experienced was like when Taylor Swift first hit the scene. Um, yes. We're all, you know, I, she's obviously still insanely popular and still coming out with really good music. But I think it was just that those first couple of albums where the lyrics were just really relatable to just the, you know, I guess, female experience in like high school and stuff. Um, 100%. That was the, yeah, that was, that was the last time that I remember feeling the way about an album that I feel about Sour. So for sure. Did you get like the Paramore Haley Williams vibes? Everyone was making comparisons this year. About yeah, that. yeah, I de- I definitely did. I was definitely a massive Paramore fan back in the day. Um, I think it's all. I think this is definitely a case where because it, it, Olivia Rodrigo's had to like acknowledge, I think, publicly a few times the references that she's made to other people. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, just like in general. Um, but I I think with Paramore, it was like a a a flattery imitation like flattery sort of situation like I don't you know I don't think she was trying to rip off of them I think it was actually just it was a good sound I totally um, agree because she she ended up giving I think Haley Williams songwriting credit for good for yeah. you which is one of the the biggest singles off the record like I think driver's license and good for you are like honestly neck and neck on the charts or something mm-hmm. crazy like that like she's had two major number one singles in the last year which is a huge feat for such a young girl but I agree with you I feel like you know she's She's 18 years old. So let's say she was born in like, you know, 2003. She would have been coming up. That's, I know, I know. The fact that it was 2000 and, like, have you ever seen that TikTok where it's like, what year were yeah. you born? And he's like, 2000 and. It's a compound and. sentence. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Your year's a compound sentence. I like, that's literally me where I'm just, I think about it and I'm just like, I can't believe she's so young. But she probably was like, if you think of like us growing up listening to like, I don't know, like whatever, pop stars of the day. So like Britney, like Haley yeah. Williams could have been like her Britney. So of course, like that's what music is. It's it's taking influence. And as long as you're not blatantly plagiarizing, like, yeah. I, I don't think she should have gotten as much flack as she did for that. No, no, I don't. And the same, uh, like I'm, I will go full out and say I, in terms of her music, I am definitely a whole fan, but I am not a Courtney Love fan as a person. Um, like I, I actually, um, at the risk of digressing slightly, my parents and I ran into her in London, um, a couple of years ago. And that was the single most terrifying experience of my life. She is so scary in person. Oh my (laughs) God. Yeah. Like she is just like very intimidating. Um, a lot of plastic surgery that makes her face like very scary. Um, so I'm not a huge fan of Courtney Love and I like the whole stuff about the album cover, I think was a bit unfair because I'm just like, like, I agree. It's all like, it also, I'm just like, like prom is like a cultural phenomenon, like posing as a prom queen or homecoming queen or whatever is, um, Courtney Love doesn't own that. Yeah. So I just, you know, 
we've like it's in films it's in mean girls it's in loads of films in the 90s 80s like so yeah I, I i completely agree with you i don't think that she deserved all of the flack that she got for the inspiration that she took from anything basically i agree and i'm like what does it say i mean like clearly like your experience with courtney love was pretty telling because like what does it say about <laughs> some like 50 year old woman picking fights with this 18 year old girl on instagram i'm like girl who are you get a fucking life like it's it was, it was bananas i was like it's poor olivia rodrigo i think she's insanely talented you know she did a lot of the writing on the album she can play mm-hmm. guitar she can sing her ass off so I'm like yep. just let her have her moment like for Christ's I sake know. like I feel like we're so quick to just be like she stole this and she did that I'm like no she put out a fucking stellar record and like everyone else just needs to deal with it because I let me tell you something literally happened to me the other day I go into the elevator I usually have my headphones on in the elevator but I'm not playing music in case somebody talks to me or it's yeah like spy yeah. on them everybody does it um but this one guy walks in and he's playing his music really loud in his headphones he's on his way to the gym on the third floor and all I hear is good for you just like blasting through his headphones yeah. so I'm like even big burly six foot four you know um men are listening to Olivia Rodrigo oh, definitely my dad's got it my boyfriend and I did the Spotify like where it shows you like what music you have in common, whatever the, the blended Spotify, yeah. yeah, Spotify blended. And like that came up on there and I was like, so you definitely listen to her. Um, but yeah, like a, there's, there's no shame and she's definitely, she's definitely talented. She definitely deserves notoriety for what she accomplished this year. I agree. And you know what? Hey, like, I mean, it puts a lot of pressure on her as an artist to top something like this because it was so successful and so well received. But that being said, uh, you and I have a bad habit of digressing onto other things. So let's stay on track. Um, What were some of your favorite songs from the record? What do you enjoy most? So obviously, um, as you've already mentioned, like, I feel like the two biggest hits are Driver's License and Good For You. And I love both of those songs, Um, have nothing but good things to say about both of those songs. But I also like, I really like Jealousy, Jealousy. Yeah. I feel like that one, I, I just like like the melody of that song, but I think it Love Island in the UK has a habit of using very of the moment songs like on the show. And I think, I feel like I remember the, them using that one this past summer and it just like stuck with me. I started listening to it all the time after that. Yeah. Um, but like the whole album start to finish is, is really solid. But yeah, those those are pro- um oh deja vu i really yeah. like as well yeah. um that is a great song but i have to say deja vu good for you and driver's license all of those songs were brought to my attention by tiktok um really? that is how yeah like that is how i can't like driver's license my sisters probably like pointed that song out to me when it first came out um yeah. maybe t- maybe it wasn't directly from tiktok but it blew up on tiktok um but definitely good for you and deja vu um i the definitely like a damn like, sociopath i see yeah, that all over tiktok yeah all over tiktok and yeah same same with deja vu so um yeah. yeah that's probably another notable thing about olivia rodrigo she's probably the first artist that i really like was exposed to like solely by tiktok <laughs> which right. is like equal parts interesting and embarrassing for someone my age but i'll go with it <laughs> i don't think it's embarrassing it's like i mean to be fair i actually i say tiktok but i've really just seen it on like instagram reels because i don't yeah. have the app because i am afraid to get the app and then lose what little productivity i have in my day already on a positive note this has been a strange year we've had a really tough couple of years i think just like collectively the royal mm-hmm. we have had a very uh tough collective years but were there any bright spots for you in 2020 do you have any really happy memories of the year that you want to leave our listeners with? 
I feel well becoming friends with you definitely uh-huh. um obvious one right back uh, at you sis yeah no seriously um I feel this is gonna sound really cliche but I feel like just like regaining an appreciation for things that you just didn't necessarily think about before the pandemic and and everything happened like I was very very fortunate to go to France um in September on a trip and just like literally sitting in a cafe having a glass of wine which is something that I always would have appreciated but now it was just like oh my god like I you know I I really felt like I like took in every moment of that and I hope that even though I'm hoping that this pandemic gets further and further in the rearview mirror I'm hoping that I still keep that perspective because it just makes everything feel nicer when you just appreciate everything a bit more I totally agree I feel like no longer will we be ungrateful for the little things yeah. that we we have in our life so if the if there's a silver lining to the pandemic I definitely think that that's it and uh yeah yeah and like I think also just because you have a music podcast I think that art has really thrived as you know like tough situations like this have um they always like inspire you know new and interesting art I feel like it's been a great year for music and so yeah like that's definitely another another upside good good music it, a lot of films got delayed but the films that are coming out now are really good so yeah lo- lots of good things happening reasons to be positive 100% <laughs> Harry Styles is on tour again oh god yeah <laughs> we're ready that's don't don't download TikTok unless you want to be in, inundated with Harry Styles videos because it is like I honestly feel like I already am because you'll just send them to me if it's I know. watching. You'll just be like, here you go. <laughs> okay, back by popular demand, we have a longtime friend of the pod, guest on one of our very first episodes ever. Uh, my good friend, my one of my best girls, Tiff. Tiff, welcome back to the podcast. Welcome to the year end wrap up 2021. Hello, hello. Hi. It is so nice to have you back on the mic, Tiff. It's been a it's been a minute since you've been on the on the podcast, but I'm happy you're here. I know. I'm so excited to be here. I actually don't remember the last time we recorded an episode together. Was it this year or did we just skip this year completely? I don't know. It kind of feels like we skipped this year, but I can't remember when songs about Jane. I feel like, no, I feel like we did songs about Jane this year. I think that was 2021. In winter. Yeah. Yes. It was cold. Yes. It was cold. It was shitty. Yeah. We survived. (laughs) We survived. We made it through. We're going back into that cold, shitty time of year, but it's going to be a new year ahead. 2022 is on the horizon. I'm excited. I'm ready. And I'm just very grateful that you were able to come back and join us for this very exciting conversation about some of our favorite albums of 2021. And I don't want to leave the listeners in suspense. So Tiff, what, uh, what is your favorite album of 2021? What album have you chosen to talk about today? You will be surprised that it's not James Blake's new album, Friends That Break Your Heart. It actually was released last month in October. It's yes. not my favorite album of the year, which I feel like should have been my album of the year, but it's not. Honestly, James Blake, love him, but this album just was my favorite. But my favorite album of this year is Call Me If You Get Lost by Tyler, the creator. Amazing choice. Amazing choice. I did sneakily tell some other people that I was talking about this album today and they were like over the moon excited that you had chosen this one because I feel like a lot of people really resonate or really resonated with a lot of people this year. A little bit of um, insight for our listeners. So Call Me If You Get Lost. It was released under Columbia Records by Tyler, the creator. It's his sixth studio album and a follow-up to his hugely successful record, Igor, which was released in 2019. And the album is jam-packed with a lot of heavy hitters um, featuring, you know, Ty Dolla Sign, Lil Wayne, 
Wayne, Lil Uzi Vert, Pharrell Williams. And it's also a very, it's like a high concept album, which I didn't realize. And I'm sure we'll talk about it in the moment, but it kind of centers around this character, Tyler Baudelaire, based on the French poet, Charles Baudelaire. Um, and it was successful. It debuted at number one on the Billboard 200 and 13 of the songs on the album reached the Billboard 100 in the US. So I'm really excited to hear why you chose this album, Tiff. Why is it your favorite album of 2021? I like how you touched on the Tyler Baudelaire character because, and that's the one of the reasons why I really like this album because Tyler just takes on this persona throughout the entire album. I'm picturing like Mr. Tyler Baudelaire. He's like suave, a well-traveled gentleman. He's, he has a sophisticated taste for high art. That's kind of the persona that he portrays. Mm-hmm. Um, and if, you have, if you've seen any of his music videos that he's released so far for the album, lots of like pastel sweater vests, cardigans, loafers. Also, you know, those like furry, those furry Russian hats with the flaps. They're yes. called uh, Yushenka hats. Um, so he wears like one of those. It's like also like a Wes Anderson aesthetic, but the album itself is a masterpiece from start to finish. I just feel like he just takes you on this journey throughout the album in character and referring to himself as Tyler Baudelaire the whole time. And I really enjoyed the the production. It's very eclectic. It's, ge- it's genre bending. Mm-hmm. So you'll hear some like hip hop, influences as well as obviously hip-hop rap um pop r&b jazz reggae as well and one of the songs and a lot of like soul vibes throughout the entire album which i appreciated and it also has this nostalgic vintage feel and you can even see that in the music videos as well definitely yeah um I, it's funny like when i hear the name Tyler Baudelaire it uh, the first thing I thought of was like a Wes Anderson movie it sounds very like Royal Tenenbaums you know what I mean like it just has that like chicness to it but it's also like kind of quirky like it sounds like Timothy Chalamet would play him in a movie do you know what I mean like it's very (laughs) and I know you love Timothy Chalamet girl that's like half the content I send you on social media it's just and I just just watched the French Dispatch last Friday and you and I are going to see Dune I think next week, right? Next week, we're going to see Dune. I'm so excited, Uh, but I digress. Anyways, back to Tyler Baudelaire or Tyler, the creator. Yeah, I I love what you said about it. I feel like you described the album, the high concept of the album really well, which I I honestly wasn't expecting from Tyler, the creator. But now that I kind of reflect back on something like Igor, he's actually very good at taking on these personas and sticking with it, like being so consistent for the album that the whole album kind of takes form in whatever character he chooses to embody at that time. It actually Mm -hmm. gave me a lot of like when I was listening through it because of like the the narrative and, you know, like hearing Tyler talk and, and some of the interludes and the conversations, the dialogue, like it actually gave me a lot of like, damn, Kendrick Lamar. Just mm-hmm. in the sense where I felt like, I felt like Dam was like an incredible piece of work because it was, it, I felt it was a very strong narrative around the entire album. And that's kind of what I felt with this one too. Um, but it's not one that I know a whole lot about. I, I definitely, I listened to the album a few times. I've got a couple tracks that I really liked, but I'm curious to know, do you have a favorite song on the album or a couple favorite songs? What's the sitch there? I do. Uh, my favorite song of all time. I feel like it's a mammoth of a song. It's just right smack in the middle. It's, sweet slash I thought you wanted to dance it's that's my favorite too yeah it's the best song it's a 10 minute song it's beautiful to me this song is in two parts the first half sweet focuses to me I think it focuses on like Tyler's love for this elusive person because you'll hear it in the lyrics they should call you sugar you're so sweet and it's kind of repeated throughout Mm -hmm. the song and the first half of the song just features really lush R&B vocals sung by um, Brent Baez 
And it also has like nostalgic synths and we, and we know how much we love those synths. Oh, we love a good synth girl. Yeah. How did you feel about the first half of the song? I really love the first half of the song. I wasn't, it wasn't what I was expecting after the first half of the record. Like when there's like, again, these smooth, like R and B jams came in, I was like, Ooh, this is very, like you said, it's very nostalgic, very like almost early two thousands, late nineties R and B. I felt it was just a good, like for me, it's just like a good, like easy listening track on the record, mm-hmm. which, which was such a big departure from some of maybe the more um, lyric heavy songs in the, in the album. Exactly. Cause like Tyler, I thought, well, like I, th- I think call me by your get lost. It's so unpredictable because, because it's so genre bending, there's like different songs have a different feel. And then once you get to sweet, I thought you wanted to dance. That's, I feel like it's kind of like, kind of brings it all in. I don't know. It's just, it's a good change. It's more Zen yeah. um, compared to the first half of the album. Some parts are like a little bit more abrasive and a little bit more um, angry rapping with a hard beat like yeah so I don't know if you no- noticed this but the second half of the song I noticed this because I was like I I would like to know when exactly on the dot this song shifts from part one to part two okay lo and behold at 420 at 420 the song shifts to I thought you wanted to dance and obviously I feel like that was intentional and to me I feel like that song transitions into more of um my favorite half of the song it's like an an island reggae vibe it has it features vocals from vanna hughes and brent as well and then you'll notice tyler rapping towards like the last segment of the song right and then i feel like this part of the story is more so like okay so this person that tyler baudelaire was fawning over at the beginning of the song clearly left him for someone else because you'll hear in the lyrics so what makes you think i'm not in love how could you know what's best for us? Why am I here standing alone? Because I thought you wanted to dance. So I think it was kind of like from the beginning of the song to the end, yeah. kind of a love story kind of breaking down. And what I think is so cool about, you know, doing, first of all, like doing a song like that, that's done in two parts, which I feel like is super reminiscent of, um, oh God, I feel like there was an album you and I even talked about on the pod where there's like a really crazy fade out and it's like silent for a minute, it comes back. Does, doesn't Frank Ocean do that on Blonde on one of his songs? Or maybe I'm just thinking like the three-parter songs. I think it was Nights. Was it Nights where it fades out and it comes back? Like I always appreciate when artists yeah. do that because I'm like, clearly there's a reason that these can't be two separate songs. Like it's like two sides of the same coin or in some cases, I don't know, three sides of a triangle. I don't know what the metaphor would be there. But I think it's incredible too how, again, he personified this character, this high society, very like tucked in kind of character and was still able to tell a story that's hella relatable and get his point across as Tyler Baudelaire, but still maintain the fan base of Tyler, the creator. You know, he didn't lose anybody by going high concept, which I think sometimes you can do if you veer one way and like, if you veer too far in one direction and you're like, I'm going to totally embody like somebody else. And like, it's all going to be from this perspective. You might actually lose the things that the fans love about you. And I never, I don't think he ever stopped being Tyler, the creator, even when he was Tyler Baudelaire. Clearly a piece of Tyler, the creator lives within Tyler Baudelaire. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. He's changed a lot throughout the years. Like I actually, I don't know if I shared this with you, but I didn't really listen to any of Tyler's earlier works. Like, cause it, I, to me, it felt like it was like too angsty. It was like dramatic, dark and abrasive. And I didn't jump on the bandwagon until uh, Flower Boy and Igor, which were right. 2017, 2019, because the vibes to me were more mature softer gravitating towards the r&b and the new soul mm-hmm. blended obviously the alternative rap yeah um, and i feel like call me if you get lost is reminiscent of igor but it also kind of borrows some of like his other vibes from earlier works too because like you'll hear some of the harder rap but then right. it's also blended with some of the 
the smooth jazz and the smooth <laughs> R&B feels. Now, Tiff, I, uh, we've talked a little bit about music. I want to switch gears a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. I'm asking all of our participants in our year-end wrap-up episode to talk about a high point of 2021. We know it's been kind of a crazy year, but do you have any bright spots that you want to leave our listeners with on a positive note? I have upcoming bright spots. Okay, that counts. Right? More so this month, my birthday month, FYI, plug, it's my birthday. I'm a Sagittarius. Happy birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I have, actually, technically, I was supposed to, my first concert of 2021 was supposed to be tomorrow, but it got delayed by a month. No worries. Was Was that Caribou? No, that's, um, so Caribou is actually, that's where I was leading to. Caribou is uh, playing on my actual birthday. So I feel like that's what I'm super looking forward to. And I feel like that will be the highlight of my year, just being able to step foot into the Danforth Music Hall, which is my favorite venue anyway. Same, I love it there. Right, it's the best venue. Massey Hall is also a really great venue, but I haven't been there in a while. So I have Danforth as my number one. Yeah. I'm so excited to be able to attend a concert. I know you've already experienced that already, but like I, I, I haven't. So, and it'll be like the best birthday treat. All right. I'm here with another uh, favored member of our Pod Squad family, Farah. Hello. Welcome back to the podcast. Hey, hey. Great to be back. I'm so happy you're back. It's been a little bit since you've been on the podcast, Farah. So thanks for joining for our big 50th episode celebration. Oh, you're welcome. Honored to be here. It's been a hot minute, but pandemic, man, like crazy stuff. I'm just glad we're getting back to normal. Me too. And you know, the last time we saw each other in person, I think we did, what do we do? Like a park date in Toronto. It was definitely warm out. It was definitely like, well, probably sweltering knowing Toronto summers and how they end up being, but maybe we'll end up doing like a cozy winter date sometime soon. Who knows? Oh my gosh. I know. Can you imagine? It's been so long since I've had a drink in your actual apartment. I know. I think the last time was the last pod we recorded before we went into the shutdown was Amy Winehouse. And I think that was the last time you had a drink in the apartment with me. I know how sad. I remember hearing the news, like being like, oh, this might be, you know, and I was like washing my hands like crazy because I was like, I just got on the subway. I don't want to infect you with anything. Yeah. It was nuts. It felt, it feels very surreal looking back on it now. And then, you know, like almost two years later, here we are. You know, still getting better. We're not still getting better there yet, but we're getting there. And, and that's what matters. That is exactly what matters. I couldn't have said it better myself. There were a lot of high points to this year, Farah. We had a lot of great albums come out this year. And uh, today I've asked you back to come onto the podcast uh, to talk about one of your favorite albums of the year. So what is the album you have chosen to talk about today? Yes. So the album I have chosen to talk about is Montero by Lil Nas X. Yes. So for our listeners, in case you don't know Lil Nas X, he is a, I don't know, how would you describe him fair? I feel like he plays into multiple genres, to be honest. Yeah. So, I mean, he is in pop, um, but people do recognize him as being in, I guess, the hip hop and R&B space. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I, I guess I won't steal your thunder here, Kara, because I'm sure you've had a little bit of research done, but, you know, he came out as as being gay and there are others um, like Frank Ocean who also came out as yeah. queer, but Lil Nas X has been a really big name in hip-hop and R&B for being a gay icon and really embracing that part of his identity. 
A hundred percent. No, I'm so glad you brought that up because I learned in doing some research um, that he was he was the only artist to ever come out while having a number one single, which was, of course, Old Town Road, which was like a country hip hop fusion song with yes. Billy Ray Cyrus that like nobody could get out of their heads a couple of years ago. Right. Um, oh, yeah. But this album was hugely successful. It came out under Columbia Records and it was his debut. So it was a huge debut that he had. Again, he had already had this like great following. And um, I think a lot of people appreciated, like you said, how brave he was to come out in the hip hop scene, which is pretty like masculine. You know, it's a little can be one would say toxic masculine. Yeah. I don't know if that would describe the hip hop scene, but it could be sometimes a little heteronormative, perhaps. Yeah, I think like you, you kind of hit the nail on the head there. And and definitely with, I guess, more the old school hip hop, like thug life and mm-hmm. being tough and, and those stereotypes of straight men. And, and also just through my conversations and doing some research in the Black community um, and, and there being a little bit of homophobia in, in that space, right? So definitely it, it was really big for him to come out on, and he's been super vocal about it. I think that like, if you think about, I mean, I, I've said Frank Ocean already, but like, yeah. I don't really think of Frank Ocean kind of coming out and like talking about it. You know what I mean? Whereas Lil Nas yeah. X is like, I don't care. I'm gay. I'm going to incorporate this into my music videos. Um, I'm going to talk about this on TikTok. So he's kind of this new upcoming icon and he's not afraid to be himself. Oh yeah. You see him on red carpets and he is like camp the house down boots. Like he yes. really owns his, um, his like sexuality and who he is as a person. And I feel like that comes across a lot in the album. Um, but there's also some major guest appearances, Jack Harlow, Doja Cat, Elton John, Megan Thee Stallion, to just name a few. The album debuted at number two on the Billboard 200 and it was the most pre-added album on Apple Music of the year with ABBA's new album taking the second place spot. So he literally edged out one of the biggest bands in the entire world, which is hilarious to me like well deserved but just like hilarious (laughs) to me that it was like Lil Nas X ABBA like you know what I mean like that was the sequential order that is nuts I mean because he's he's so new well new I say like he's fairly new yeah yeah and he's so young he's like a Gen Z like he's you know like he's a he's a new one yeah he is a new one he's fresh and and new and I mean I, I've watched a lot of his TikToks, so I know yeah. a bit about his story. And he kind of talked about how he was going to school and he wasn't really into school. I think he was like broke at some point and living with his sister or something like that. And and he started, you know, making music and then, you know, eventually gets to Old Town Road and collaborating with Billy Ray Cyrus and having this huge hit. And then yeah. uh, a lot of people were kind of like, well, one hit wonder and because the song was just so different yeah it was hard to imagine him having other number one hits right he was so new to the scene and then he came out and then you know whatever and and now he has this full album you know number one pre-downloaded album yeah. on apple music this year and how many number one hits does, has he had now like i guess three because oh yeah the, the singles album. the singles on the album are, are huge and, and i'll definitely go into those in a minute but i want to hear a little bit more fair about how you also discovered this record because i feel like for me when you said this is the one you want to talk about today, I was like, awesome, because I don't know a whole lot actually about the record. I definitely know the hits, but I want to hear how you discovered it, why you started listening to it. And then if you got a couple of favorite songs to share with the listeners too. Yeah, I started listening to Lil Nas X with Old Town Road. I'll, I'll zoom out and then zoom into the album. And I honestly was kind of like 
song is really annoying. Like, yeah, I didn't like it when I first heard it. I felt, I felt kind of like a boomer to be like, oh, what are they doing to music now? You know, but then, you know, then the summer hit and I was like, oh my God, the song is hella catchy. (laughs) And, and then I learned a little bit more about Lil Nas X and I was like, okay, this kid's like pretty smart. He's pretty with it. You know, he is owning his identity and I love that but then he kind of fizzled into the background with you know everything else going on and then the pandemic hit TikTok and then all of a sudden Lil Nas X is like everywhere Everywhere. on TikTok yeah Yeah. um so his first hit came out Montero and I love that song I also loved the music video because he's basically doing a lap dance on Satan I was gonna say it's like bible story gone like queen like it's just it's next level good that video is so amazing all the like the biblical references but done in this very again like campy glitzy way I was just like oh my goodness like this is wonderful (laughs) yeah and and I love that you use the word camp because it's oozing camp he's got like the pleather heels yes um yeah so many biblical references but also I have never seen an artist who has felt so empowered to take insults from people who are homophobic and putting it into a piece of art that is celebrated and actually like aesthetically pleasing to me anyway. I'm like, I'm living for it. Like, I want to see this. I think that that's a really great way to channel that hate to be like, well, if you think that I'm, you know, some devil worshiping gay person, I'm yeah. going to lap dance on the devil and show you ha ha. Yeah. He's not shying away from it. And he's so young. And so I was like, I did not have that confidence at his age. <laughs> and I really appreciate that. And the song is incredible. Like he's got great oh vocals. Yeah. Um, and then the other song that came out um, was Industry Baby. Okay. And I think as I was watching his TikTok stories, he was obviously doing a lot of PR for it. And then the, those Nikes, the Satan shoes came I out. I remember the Satan shoes <laughs> with the blood. They had human blood yeah. in them. Yep, yep. Which is hella creepy. I'm sorry, Lil Nas X. I would not buy those shoes. That's but... some voodoo shit. Like you're asking for something bad to happen to you if you wear shoes with other people's blood in them. Like I was like, that yeah. seems like a bad sign. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, that's creepy. But I mean, people bought into it and then he got sued. But the most intelligent PR I've seen, he was doing it with this PR company called Mischief. It was so well-placed because in the music video for Industry Baby, he's on trial for that very thing. Yeah. And then, of course, he plays into a lot of the stereotypes about, you know, dropping the soap in in a jail, right? Because you have those naked backup dancers when he's in the jail and whatnot. I was just like this kid is a mad scientist like he's he a is he's getting noticed by Elton John like yes y- you know like I I think that Lil Nas X is what Elton John would have hoped and wanted to be but he, Elton John unfortunately came along too early when people were not open to that and now they weren't ready they were not ready yet they weren't ready and and now is Lil Nas X's time to shine to yes. be like we deserve to be accepted. I deserve to be here. And, you know, I'm talented. Like people can't take that away from me because I'm queer. 
A hundred percent. I, I, and I love that. Cause I definitely underestimated the shit out of Lil Nas X before this year. And then it also like, you know, it was interesting for me. I, so I'm not on TikTok. you know, that's fair. You know, I'm scared to get TikTok because I'm going to go down the rabbit hole and I'll Don't never turn my phone off. Don't get um, it. But even just like through Instagram reels or whatever it is, like I heard so many songs and I'd be like, Oh, this is catchy. And then I'd Google it. And I'm like, Holy shit, this is Lil Nas X. Like he had such an impact on the Gen Z medium. Like obviously the Montero, like the title track was huge on TikTok, but then that's what I want. I heard that everywhere. And like, I'm just like, you know, like cooking pasta, like singing at my apartment. I'm like, why am I doing this? I'm like, Oh yeah. Cause I saw it in that TikTok, and I can't get it out of my head. Like such an earworm, such a catchy tune, both, both of the major singles industry, baby, like everything is just great. And then, yeah, when you dig deeper into his idea of self-expression, he's so free. He's so liberated as an artist. And like, you don't see that that often. People who are like 110% confident in being exactly who they are all of the time. And he literally gives no fucks. And I respect the shit out of him for it. Yeah. And I hear you with that. And I think he still has his moments of feeling insecure. But I mean, he's also making a shit ton of money so he has that fuck you money to be like well I'm insecure but hey like yeah. people are buying my music at least they're uh, buying my blood shoes or yeah, I guess they didn't shoes. buy them but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't think they were allowed to sell them at the, in the end were they <laughs> probably not uh, no I, I think like that company mischief got sued I, I looked it up briefly before the podcast but yeah but besides all of that though I mean I just really hope that Lil Nas X is a bright star that isn't going to burn out so quickly because like pop music is so weird. Like something could be really hot and then not. And then you have some people that are just like icons like Michael Jackson or, you know, I I brought up Elton John already, but yeah, Yeah. he's a music making machine. And so I I don't think that Lil Nas X is going to burn out. I hope Mm -hmm. that he's here to stay. I want him to stay because I just think he's so important to add to the hip hop world. Definitely such a great palate cleanser. I think to a lot of the, the hip hop that we've seen now, speaking of hip hop fair, I have to get your opinion on this. Mm-hmm. So, um, I believe the last time you were on the podcast, we talked about Drake's record views, <laughs> big record. I know you're a big Drake fan this year, a really big, um, you know, topic of conversation in the music world was Drake was releasing his album certified lover boy. Yes. Kanye was releasing his album Donda. The fans were at each other's throats. No one knew what the fuck Kanye was doing pretty much half the time. We kind of knew what Drake was doing, but except for the little hair heart he had. And then he was like, I had COVID. And we were like, wait, but where's the album? Like, it was just the most confusing time for all of us. But they really went head to head. They were dissing each other. Drake was, you know, leaking Kanye's tracks. And it was just, it was just a big mess. But finally, the albums came out. And before I share my thoughts, I kind of want to hear where you stand on this beef and if you have a a preference between the two. Okay, where do I stand in this beef? So I think that it was all conjured up for PR. Ooh, she's a conspiracy theorist. I don't say that. I'm a music conspiracy, conspiracy, conspiracy. Oh my God. Conspiracy Conspiracy theorist. I wouldn't say I believe in other conspiracy theories, especially in this political climate, but yeah, because so I, I'm sure you saw, should we call him Kanye or yay? Cause he like legally changed his name. I, you do what you want, girl. I, I'm going to still call him Kanye, I think, but Kanye or yay, as we Mr. West, him. Mr. West here, um, basically released a statement and said that he wanted to like apologize to Drake and perform with him, blah, blah, blah. Um, we all know that Kanye West has mental health issues. Mm -hmm. Maybe he wasn't taking his meds, but I'm also like, 
Anya kind of is a crazy mad scientist genius. And I totally agree. Drake, maybe, because he's also had his little tiffs with, um, what's his face, uh, Meek Mill. Oh, right. Right. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so... You know, there, there's always beef being started with, with Drake. And I don't know how true all of it is. That's my yeah. conspiracy theory. So my thoughts are that I think it was conjured up for all PR. I mean, both of them did very well. Um, do I have a favorite of the two? I mean, yeah, I'm going to side with my boy Drake. Okay. But I will say Donda is not for the masses. It was done artistically very well. To the point where it almost was kind of creepy, like his first track when it's Donda, Donda and it's supposed yeah. to be his mom's heartbeat. And I'm like, this is very intimate. Yeah. I don't know how comfortable I feel with this. Yeah. But I also like didn't love Drake's new album. So yeah. And that's, and that's kind of where I am too. So I personally, I my loyalties lie with Kanye. You know this about me. You know this from the beginning. I, I, I know that he's not the nicest person in the world, the most articulate person in the world, but yeah. <laughs> have always been a fan of Kanye and I've defended him very hard and his public persona is really hard to defend sometimes especially yeah, in this know. last couple of years yeah but I remember because I think Donda hit first and then yeah. Certified Loverboy came like a few days later like it was quick I remember yeah. like the two and I was like I am gonna listen to both I'm gonna give both of them a fair shake I agree with you about Donda because I was like this isn't the best record he's ever put out but it had really like high points for me like Jail and and Praise mm-hmm. God and and Jonah like there were songs on there where I was like, oh, like this is, this reminds me of like old school Kanye. Like this is experimental Kanye. I'm into it. Whereas mm-hmm. I felt like with Drake, it was like kind of steady Eddie, the entire yeah. record. Kind of commercial. Kind of commercial. There were some fun moments. Like I, you know, I'm a big fan of way too sexy, even though it like, yeah. it's a lot, but I think the music video is friggin' hilarious. I love um my girl Yebba, like Yebba. Yes. That song I live for. What's it called? Like Yebba's sadness or Yebba's uh, I know yeah, the one despair, you're something like that. You yeah, know? Was, yeah, Yeba's heartbreak. Yes, Yeba's heartbreak, and she's got a killer voice. So I just love like yeah. hearing her sing, and I thought that was cool. He included her because she's not like a big name, you know what I mean? Like she's just like this like small town Southern belle, and um, so I appreciated that he kind of went out of his comfort zone a little bit. But I yeah. feel like we all kind of left being like underwhelmed by both. Yeah, and they hyped it up so much exactly then, you know what hence I mean? my conspiracy theory yes very, <laughs> I think your theory is very correct they're probably working together behind the scenes next it's going to be watch it's going to be like Kanye and Big Sean because Kanye went on this big thing where he's like Big Sean like signing Big Sean was the worst mistake ever made I was like Kanye can you just shut up for like 10 seconds like can you just go a week without doing something dumb yeah like stop calling yeah. people out for no reason just like relax just like chill so what did Big Sean do <laughs> Big Sean ever did I like Big Sean I'm a fan like yeah. I Anyways, that's besides the point, but I'm, <laughs> so we're kind of like tied. We're neck and neck. We've got a Drake fan. We've got a, we've got a pro certified lover boy and a pro Donda. We'll call it, you know, call it even for today. Agree to disagree. Yep. Um, <laughs> now, as we come to the end, uh, this is our year end wrap up episode, Farah. So as we come to the end of 2021, I do want to leave the listeners on a very positive note. So I was hoping you could share with us um, a favorite memory of this past year. It's been a weird one. It's It's been yeah. a weird couple of years. This year has been a weird one. But if you have a favorite memory or a bright spot or something that you're really grateful for this year, um, I was hoping you could share that with us today, too. Yeah, honestly, I'm just really grateful that I was able to see my family. And even though it was not under the best circumstances, um, I got to see them twice and I'm going back for Christmas. So like going to the West Coast, people just going to the West Coast. Yeah, going back to Vancouver. And it 
like it, it feels unreal because in 2020, I wasn't able to go anywhere. So I'm super grateful and happy that things are opening up. Travel is back and I get to see the people I love. I'm so glad too. It's a great memory, Farah. And um, I just wanted to thank you again for being such an amazing supporter of the podcast. You've joined us a lot of times virtually and in person. Um, and I'm just grateful that you're continuing on the podcast journey. And I'm excited to see what 2022 brings for us. Yes, me too. And thank you for having me. Always a pleasure. And congrats on 50. Okay, we're welcoming back a, another favorite member of our pod squad family, the host of the Pick a Disc podcast, uh, Matt. Welcome back to Kiara Gets Drunk and Talks About Music. Hi, I'm fine. Thank you. I'm just, I think I've just about recovered from the, uh, from those two <laughs> things. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think I felt fine during the recording, recording a bit and then like um, turned out the Zoom meeting went off and then suddenly I went to walk downstairs and it was like, oh, okay, it's kicking in. <laughs> As soon as you stand up, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you know yeah. what? You had one of the tougher cocktails that we've ever done on the podcast because we did the, the the cocktail that had hot sauce. I think it was called a bone cocktail. That was a – you were a trooper for for making it through that episode, so wear yeah. that badge with pride. Yeah, I think uh, behind the curtain for listeners, I think I went to go and make another one during recording, and then I was gone for I, th- I was gone for a, I think a lot longer than I expected, and then I came back saying, yeah, my first one, I accidentally poured a whole lot of hot – since I had to do it again. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) You didn't want a whole drink full of hot sauce. I feel like that would have ended worse for you. (laughs) No. You'd be going, why is Matt Sonny started talking like this? I know. (laughs) My vocal cords have gone. (laughs) But I'm so happy you're able to join us for our year-end wrap-up. Being in this covid time frame or whatever it is like you and i i feel like never would have connected and never been able to do an episode together had it not been for yeah. these virtual sessions so i'm super grateful for that um i did want to talk to you a little bit about your favorite album of the year so what is the album that you have chosen to talk about today um it's technically not a self-proclaimed album um so to speak it's uh the artist in question is referred to it as a mixtape and i'll probably and that's probably something to talk about in a second but um i've chosen uh, baby queen's the yearbook Amazing. And it was released under, it sounds like it was released under Polydor Records. And I did not realize, so I didn't, I did not know a lot about Baby Queen until you had kind of like, you know, um, uh, preemptively told me this was the the record you wanted to speak to or the mixtape. I apologize. The mixtape, the EP, whatever (laughs) you want to call it. Um, but she's only 24 years old. She's born in South Africa, now based out of London. Um, and, uh, I'll, I'll let you speak to this in a second, but I feel like she was really praised for her openness and her honesty on this mixtape. It's a pretty, uh, pretty vulnerable record. Um, so why do you like it? Why did you choose it to talk about today? I think it covers quite. It ticks quite a lot of boxes. I think um, I first discovered. I think I was there's there's a playlist called Peach on um, on Spotify, and it's a lot of it is kind of like there's a lot more of the pop side of stuff that I'm quite quite interested in. So like I'm there's kind of the grunge aspect of what I'm into, and then there's kind of more. I'm, I'm unashamedly got like a side that I just enjoy quite a lot of pop music, and um, right. I've only recent I've only recently been converted to Taylor Swift, and <laughs> I've been listening. To, yeah, so I've been listening to quite a lot of Taylor Swift recently for a, a previous episode. So I've, I've become a full time Swifty. Um, but that kind of pop, there's like elements of pop music that and like kind of synth that kind of engaged me with it. And uh, yeah. she had a EP that was released last year, and I think it was December the thirtieth. I remember because I checked um, the last FM, and she had a song called Want Me, which kind of mixed kind of like a kind of like almost rap type verses with kind of bubblegum pop with yeah. um, with quite a lot of kind of like self-deprecation and stuff. And pretty much self-deprecation in a major key is pretty much <laughs> one of my major things that will get me into music. So, um, right. yeah, and I think this this continues that. So she's been quite open, quite open and with this. And I think what attracted me to this as well is that it is 
for me, as I said, like self-deprecation in a major key, it's quite honest. It's quite uh, like the songs initially sound quite upbeat and fun, but then you actually read the lyrics and you're like, and <laughs> as she says herself in interviews that like the interview, like anyone who probably, if a friend of yours pretty much started saying things that she'll say in these lyrics, you were like, Are you okay? Yeah. And she needs some yeah. help. She needs some support. Yeah. 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 And that, that, and somebody, I love that kind of stuff. <laughs> No, definitely. It was yeah. interesting, like, because, like I said, I hadn't listened to the album, and then I was like, okay, I'm gonna, you know, I'll listen to it a couple times before my session with Matt, and I was like, I was exactly that. I was like, you know, walking around with my my AirPods in, just like bopping around or whatever. And then when I went back and I was reading her interviews and I was looking at some of the lyrics, and you know, she tackles everything from like heartbreak to struggles with mental health to you know social media impact and and, and medication and things like that. Like it's mm. got some heavy topics, but like you said, because it's all this like it's veiled in this bubblegum pop-esque and like it's just even the you know the album artwork if you were looking at it you wouldn't be like oh yeah she's gonna go heavy on the lyrics like you, you know it's it's got it literally looks like a yearbook it's like her dressed in different um kind of like vibes on the cover yeah. with like a very like balloony font like it just it doesn't seem like she's taking herself too seriously when you look at it that way but she very much is yeah i think um when you mentioned the artwork as well because the artwork i'm just looking at it on the middle screen here um if you listen to this and you're able to look at the artwork, you'll understand what we're talking about. But it's like, I think the, I think the Brady Bunch uh, introduction. Yes. Uh, the, the intro, the title sequence, where you've got like different squares and stuff. But she got all these characters. And about half an hour ago, I was, I was watching this interview with uh, on the enemy. And she says that whenever she kind of writes songs, she kind of pictures the visuals. So, uh, so she has kind of like, as she's writing the songs, she can picture the potential music video. Right. And as she was writing these songs and... The reason that she, the reason this isn't classed as like an album, um, I think she mentioned something in an Instagram live or something where she said that it's more of a mixtape. It's like the rest of the songs that she's written up to a certain point. So she was writing all these songs, but there's no like a cohesive theme right. for an album stuff. Suppose so. This is so it's just the collection of the stuff that she hadn't released yet. Um, but she's always associated them with characters and each of the songs or in two song at least two songs cases um, spoken word. Uh, right. Interludes. Right off she the top, I feel like, yeah, yeah, yeah. She she kind of incorporates or pictures a character around those songs, and mm. I think the front cover of uh, the yearbook kind of kind of uh, associates the different songs for those things. Um, and I can't remember which is which off the top of my head, but I know the kind of goth slash emo one is the Raw Thoughts uh, song. Uh, right. American Queen is the Prom Queen. I think you you shaped whole. I think is actually the cheerleader. I think that makes sense. Um, yeah, and uh, the no American Dream is the Pong Queen. Sorry, yeah. So yeah, so there's like they're kind of associated with characters. So so there's like a general aesthetic and kind of vibes. So she always got like a good visual identity with her with the um, songs, and I think that comes out quite well, like on the vinyl cover as well, and with the videos that come along with some yeah. of the songs. I totally, I totally agree. Now you mentioned a couple of the songs already. Uh, do you have any favorites off this mixtape? Yeah, I mean, slight, I mean, slightly annoyed that part of me slightly annoyed that quite a few of the songs off the Medicine EP that I first discovered before this came out are right. not on here because, like, immediately I heard the song "Want Me," which is, I think, it was basically she wrote it on a because she suddenly found herself having a crush on Jodie Comer from a Killing Eve, and she pretty much wrote a song oh, about it. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, yeah. So if you if you watch, I think if you watch the video for that, I think has kind of visual kind of elements. I think she's wearing a suit, which I think. Villanelle wears in one of the things as well. But yeah, I think she wrote it because of her. I think she wrote it because she's developing a crush on Jelly Cow. Um, <laughs> Who does that? Really? Kind of I mean, come on. Yeah, on that. But um, in terms of this, I kind of like, I really quite like Raw Thoughts. I, I think Raw Thoughts is quite, um, is quite good. She's got a very, very good uh, tendency to have really catchy choruses mm-hmm. um, in the songs as well. And I think Raw Thoughts is quite good as well. It's the same as you and You Shape Hole is another yeah. one that has that 
as well. And um, I, I will admit that I, I, I think my favourite one out a lot in terms of the choruses is the narcissist, which I probably won't, I won't recount the, the chorus on your podcast just in case you, <laughs> just to avoid the explicit tag if you need to today. But the, cor- the chorus it. of that is actually quite, is actually quite um, catchy as well. And uh, if you've not listened to it and you read the lyrics, you'll understand why I'm not requoting you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So those, so those feels on my head that jump out at me anyway. Yeah, I feel like the whole, you know, like the the, the mixtape, though, like you said, it doesn't have this one theme that all the songs center around. Um, overall, for me, what it gave me was almost like a almost like a retro pop vibe. Like I felt I did mm-hmm. find it to be a very '80s kind of fit, which which was really cool because a lot of the pop that's come out has been nostalgic to a sense like if I think about some of the bigger pop records that might have come out this year from a lot of younger artists as well a lot of these like Gen Z type artists like they're they're taking cues from the early 2000s so it's interesting for someone like Baby Queen to take a cue from you know a couple decades back and really pull in this almost like 80s type of vibe which I which I also really appreciated again it was something different for us to listen to in 2021 and I think U-shaped hole is probably my favorite I know that that's like the big one so it kind of makes sense I feel like it's like her most popular one if you go on any of the streaming uh, apps and anything like that but uh I I really enjoyed listening to the record like I'm so glad that you you know told me about it because now I'm like perfect I have another album to add to my library (laughs) and something to carry me into 2022 have you you listened to the medicine EP yet I haven't no oh yeah I think I think I might slightly prefer that but I I think there's only six songs. Um, I think once you listen to the Medicine EP, you kind of understand a lot more of the basis one here because a lot of the there's a song called uh, Internet Religion, um, which is basically about basically like the internet culture that she kind of grew up around. Because um, I think she she only actually played her first live shows this year because I think she yeah. just started developing. Yeah, so she only just got started developing the Baby Queen. Uh, project. Now, speaking of live shows, um, I know, you know, you, you and I were chatting before the recording and you were saying you were getting back to a lot of live gigs, which is super exciting. And on that kind of note, um, I wanted to ask you before we end our session today, do you have any highlights of the year 2021? I know that things weren't, you know, 100% back to normal. And, you know, we were just talking about the situation in the UK versus here in Canada. But were there any bright spots for you of this year? Anything that you're grateful for that you want to leave our listeners with? I think the one, again, it's live music related is... Um, heading down to London at the start of October um, because the band Johnny Foreigner um, were playing the first live show that they've played since, like, 2015. And Johnny Foreigner, uh, like, they're pretty much at the top or near the top of my favourite bands of all time. Right. Um, they're a local band, they're Birmingham-based. Um, they went on a hiatus. They kind of went on, a, like, a, a hiatus in 2015. Um, they didn't announce anything formally, but um, I think because, like, family life and, like, children... Right. Because like, because uh, like, they're all in the mid, <laughs> in the mid thirties and stuff. And like, they did a comeback show in um, the Tufnell Dome in uh, London, um, and went down. Ended up taking a train, got a travel lodge, and went down. It was sold out. Six hundred people who were there. Dedicated. It's the, probably the biggest show they've ever played. in like, um, right. Yeah, they did. Yeah, and it was like six hundred people just there to sing along and um, sing songs that I never thought I'd be able to sing again. And my voice was dead for at least two days afterwards. <laughs> I think yeah, I'd I'd seen I'd seen a couple of live shows before then, but then that was the one that I was like, yeah, I'm back. I feel like I've there's a big part of my life that's missing, and it's back. And that band um, to to come back in the way they did, it was just like it was like yeah, the atmosphere was brilliant. Six hundred people there just for the same reason, and yeah, that's it's up there with my favorite experiences and like one of my favorite experiences. All right, we have another guest back by popular demand. Today we're talking to you, my big brother, Nick. Nick, welcome back to the podcast. 
Oh, thank you very much. How's it going? <laughs> it's going great. You and I are uh, chatting at uh, it's about 10 a.m. on a Sunday. I am very hungover, but uh, we're going to make today work. We're going to talk about um, some of your favorite things of the year 2021, but it's been a while since you've been on the podcast. You were on episode 10, which was really early on in the in the podcast game. And now we're all the way here at 50, which is, yeah, that's quite a quite a distance of time in between. And congratulations, by the way, on the 50th podcast. That's quite the achievement. Thank you. But how come it's taking you so long to come back? Is it me? Come on. What's going on? Well, it's partially you. No, the biggest <laughs> reason, <laughs> just a little bit. No, the biggest, I don't know. Like for me, I mean, and we'll get into this. I'm not a big, I listen to music very like sporadically. I have like an ADD yeah. music brain. So it's hard. I know you kind of focus on albums or artists at a time. That's not how I listen to music. And even like reflecting on 2021 and just thinking about what I was listening to. And I mean, it's two things. One is I'm turning into that grumpy old man where I'm like, they don't make music like they used to anymore. So like <laughs> even, even finding songs from 2021 that I really enjoy, I find challenging. Like I, I find myself listening to like all the old classics and like stuff from the 2000s and, and all that stuff, right? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it's, it, it's interesting because I feel like every time I reflect back or like I'll send you like songs you know, here and there or whatever. But I do very rarely like tell you like, oh, like listen to this like full album because I feel like for you, nothing's ever going to compare to one X by three days grace. <laughs> yeah. Or all the old Blink-182 and some True. 41 songs. Yeah. I don't True. know. It's funny. There's something to be said. I mean, everyone always says that. Like you talk to our parents and it's like the 80s bands. And then now with like me, it's the 2000. Like everyone obviously thinks the music they grew up with is the best music and it'll always be the best music. But I mean, you also like with all the new stuff coming out too, it's a very different sound. It seems a lot, a lot like there are good artists, don't get me wrong, but there's also yeah. a lot of just crap that gets pushed through and they're like peddling these people for money. Well, thanks for bringing such an optimistic view to the podcast this morning. <laughs> Good morning, I appreciate everyone. it. <laughs> but you did already allude to this. So, you know, we've been talking to past guests about some of their favorite albums of the year, but your take is a little bit different. So you've given me some of uh, your favorite songs of the year, which is interesting. So I definitely want to ask you about that. Um, I will say that I, when I'm looking into some of these songs, I was like, oh yeah, this came out in 2021. Some of them came out in 2020, but uh, we're just going oh, we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna to roll with it because I think a lot of them grew in popularity this year. Like, I feel like that's when we first heard them. Um, so what's the first song you want to talk about? Yeah, so the first one I say, and to be honest, I don't know if this was a 2020 song or 2021. The years just kind of have started blend together for me, but uh, let's talk about Heat Waves. Huge track, huge track. Yeah. That was one that was technically released in June 2020. It was off of the, nah. it's by the Glass Animals. <laughs> it's by the UK band. They're, they're called the Glass Animals and uh, their album Dreamland came out in 2020, but it blew up this year thanks to TikTok and Instagram. Everybody was, you heard it everywhere on social media, right? So I think I think it counts as a, as a song of the year. So why do you like this song so much? Yeah, and it's funny that you say that it blew up on TikTok because there's so many songs I hear nowadays where I'm just like, oh, like you get sick of it almost because you just hear it constantly on social media. But I think this is one where it actually, like I'd never heard of Glass Animals until this song came out, but it just, like you said, like it immediately had that song of the summer feel to it. Like you heard it and you just like start feeling, it just like gives you this emotion where you just feel like mellow. You want to be sitting by the pool with a drink in your hand and it's just like a very... I don't even know how to describe it. It just puts you in like a good frame of mind, like whether you're driving or just like doing the dishes or something, it's like a perfect song to just kind of relax out to. Yeah, I totally agree. It's a very chill song. I feel like I, like I've been listening to glass animals for years and I feel like I probably get, sent you songs in the past. Be like, Oh, check out glass animals. And you fully ignored me. So I'm glad you, <laughs> well, find, you, you know what happens when you send me songs. I listen I once I say, this is crap. And then I come back two months later. I'm like, Hey, 
this <laughs> song I found. It's fantastic. <laughs> but I'm just glad that you're listening to it. I agree. I really like this song as well. And I feel like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not actually sick of it. It still comes up on like my Instagram reels page and I still watch all the videos like associated with it. I just love it. I think, yeah, I agree with you. I feel like it's, it's uh, got the longevity. That's, that's for sure. Um, I think what, the other reason to, sorry, I, you off, no, I was going to no. say, I think the other reason I like it too, the beginning of the track, when they're doing the first intro, it reminds me of like from the Bo Burnham special where he's making fun of Kanye and he has that like oh, really auto-tune? deep. Yeah. Yeah. But he has that like really deep voice going in and that's kind of how they start this track. It's just like very weird sounding, but it's like you hear it and you're like, Oh yeah. Okay. I know the song it's glass animals. Yeah. A hundred percent. They do play a lot with like uh, distortion glass animals. I feel like in all their past albums, there's been an element of that, which has been really cool, but they're able to do it. Sometimes you, that, that can be very niche, but this clearly was a very mass song. Right. So it, exactly. Yeah. It was really, really smart the way that they composed it. Huge song. Love that tune. What's the second one you want to talk about? So the second one I had was, so this is kind of a, a complete jump in the other direction, but it's pop smoke. It's what you know about love. So this one, I actually don't know. I don't think it came. I think it like started getting popular again, like on the radio in 2021. But I yeah. think he produced it way before that. And I mean, obviously he's, he died, like he, he got shot. Right. So yeah. I don't think it was released obviously when he was alive, but I think like, I've always been a big 50 cent fan. So like growing up, I mean, you'll remember too. Like I remember when oh, in yeah. the club came out and it was like the biggest song in the whole world, oh, yeah. right? Like everyone loved it. And for some reason, this guy's style and just the way he sounds, it, it totally reminds me of 50 cent. So I think going back to like what we were talking about, it's a little bit of that nostalgia train where you hear it and it kind of reminds you of something else completely. Yeah. Um, it's just a really, yeah, really good song. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's definitely a tragic story, though. Um, It was featured on his record. So Pop Smoke, uh, obviously a rap artist, featured on his record called Shoot for the Stars, Aim for the Moon. And two weeks after the album's release, he was murdered during a home invasion at the age of 20. So yeah, pretty, pretty messed up shit that I didn't have any idea happened. I, um, when I was listening to this song, I, I, just, I see what you mean for sure. Now that I think about it, where I'm like, you know, a lot of the rap artists that are releasing tracks this year, you know, we had members of our like pod family talk about uh, Lil Nas X and Tyler, the creator. And, uh, this is a very 2000 style of rap. Like it's, it's kind yeah. of like maybe a slightly elevated version of gangster rap. Um, but I listened to the song a couple of times and I did enjoy it. And obviously, yeah, I just feel <laughs> terrible because I was like oh shit there's a lot of tragedy behind this uh behind this track um I'm not like I I would say that 50 like that kind of era of rap like Nas like that wasn't my that wasn't my jam I was more in the the Kanye camp you know like the Childish Gambino camp and and stuff like that um but to each their own right and like you said if that reminds you of a a simpler time then you're obviously gonna (laughs) listen to it back (laughs) when I was young (laughs) yeah back when I was young listening to Candy Shop and uh oh i forgot about candy shop too that candy was a shop good was good and, and that was back when music i remember because music videos back then and i don't know if it was just like they seemed a lot more popular like they're still released they're all on youtube and everything but i remember coming home from school and like all those videos being on tv and you'd watch them for like half an hour straight whereas now that seems so weird that you would just be like sitting and watching music videos right for sure oh i totally agree with you i used to love watching like the much music countdown on friday nights and it, yeah. that was that was i think they counted down 30 songs so at like call it three minutes a piece that's an hour and a half of music videos that you would sit and watch on a friday night and i was content with that being like yeah. oh where did mariana's trench land this week i'm so excited oh it was great i know and then you'd be pissed off when like your favorite song gets bumped yeah out. Like, what the, what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> who did this <laughs> who did this okay nick so you have one more song you want to talk about uh what is your final favorite track of 2021 
Yeah. So the last one I put was Care It All by Bryce Blind. So I actually really like Bryce Blind. And I didn't realize how much I liked them until I started going through like my songs and I saw how many I had. So this was the one I picked. Yeah. Um, just because I felt like the first one was kind of like your happy summer song. The second one is like your rolling in the car song. And then this one's like you've had a bad day at work and you're just like, fuck this place. This is the song, <laughs> this is the song I want to listen to right now. So I just, there's something I, I really like his voice. I find he has like a very like relaxing and just kind of like, I don't know. It's hard to describe, but it's just, it puts you in a good place where you're already kind of just like, okay, I need something to just relax a little bit. And like, I'm stressed, but I, I want to get out of this headspace. It's a great song. Yeah, I agree with you. He's got a very, um, he does have a, a, a way of performing and like, because I guess he is like rap R&B, um, yeah. but definitely in a little bit more of a relaxed kind of way. Like his song, I remember you were the one who introduced me to Bryce Vine with his track La La Land, which I think came out. Yeah probably 2020 or 2019, whatever that was. And then, yeah, Care It All is good. Um, and it, it, yeah, he's just got a very easy way. Like it, everything's smooth, you know, everything flows very well. So I agree with you. I really like this one. I'm glad that you chose it. I'm hoping that it's going to be released. He's got an upcoming album. So everyone's hoping that this track is going to be featured there because I think he's only got one album so far, but. I don't know. Actually, yeah, he could. I mean, he's pretty, yeah. I think he's young, right? I don't think he's that old. So that would make sense that he's, he hasn't done much yet. Yeah, I don't. I did not look at his age, but I do think this one came out in 2021. I realize now I did not note it down, and clearly, so clearly my notes were not Let's as good as I assume. thought they were going to be. <laughs> Whoops. We'll, we'll um, just assume it did. <laughs> we'll just assume it came out Super in 2021. <laughs> did anyone talk? I also saw like yesterday that Taylor Swift re-released her album too, right? That uh, just yeah, came she out re-released like, Red yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one I would have. I didn't realize. I was like, oh, go back and listen to some T Swift. <laughs> Maybe next year. Maybe next year you can yeah. talk about uh, you can talk about the Taylor Swift re-releases because they just Rekindle keep coming. She just keeps yeah banging those out. Yeah. Um, good now, for Nick, her. <laughs> good for her. Before I let you go, Nick, um, what was uh, do you have a favorite memory of the year twenty twenty one? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, it's it's tough, right? Because I still feel like we're as much as like COVID, we got used to it. We've kind of adjusted what our new normal is. We're still like at home and we're still doing it, but. I like, I haven't necessarily gone anywhere or like have a good memory on like vacation and stuff. But I mean, I think I just look back and see how many people have been struggling through it. And a lot of people still have to go into the office to work. So I would just say like, even though I haven't been able to kind of just back to life as normal, it is nice to be able to be in a fortunate position where I'm like with at home with everyone I love. We have Teddy who's the dog we got, obviously. So I think that was probably my favorite thing was getting the COVID dog and then having, yeah. having him here with me through the year has been really helpful as well. For sure. He's a good boy. Oh, he's the best. The goodest boy. <laughs> the goodest boy ever. <laughs> okay. And today we welcome back a, uh, a favorite member of the pod. Someone who has been on many an episode, talked about many a genre, mostly it's Blink-182, but we won't, you know, go into too much detail there. Carrie, welcome back to the podcast. Welcome to episode 50. What? Episode I'm so 50. excited. Episode 50. Like, where did the time go? Literally, where did the time go? You were, uh, you were our guest, one of our first guests on episode five, if you remember, way back when, before the world uh, turned upside down. And uh, you've been a pretty consistent pod guest for us. You've done multiple episodes from home. You've done them in person. You have really had the the experience of the podcast, and uh, you're always committed to having a, a beverage with me. And I appreciate that. Always. Thanks always. for having me and my um, long-winded explanations of things. <laughs> I know you edit down severely. <laughs> Said the same thing 50 times. Let's let's wrap it up. Let's Lydia. just get it to say it twice. No, <laughs> absolutely not. I absolutely love having you, having you on the pod. And I'm so excited you were able to join us today as we wrap up the year of 2021. So um, Carrie, what was your favorite record of 2021? 
So I got really into Celeste's Not Your Muse. Yes. Which was like really good. I highly recommend it. Obviously I'm talking about it. I highly recommend it, but it's fantastic. Fantastic record. Um, I heard about it just when you had told me this is the album you want to talk about. So I did check it out. I do really love the record for a little, um, a little bit of info for our listeners. The album came out under both sides slash Polydor Records. It is the debut record from Celeste dropped early in the year, January, 2021. It had been delayed due to the pandemic. Go figure as most albums were. Um, and the artist Celeste has gone on record saying that the album is the power I found when I felt powerless. And in making this album, I've allowed myself to arrive at a place where I feel empowered. The album debuted at number one on the UK albums chart, and it became the first debut record by a female British artist to top the chart in over five years. The previous British artist to do that was uh, Jess Glynn. So, Wow. Huge record. I didn't know that. Successful debut from uh, from our girl Celeste. But Carrie, I want to hear your thoughts on it. So how did you start listening to this record and why do you love it so much? Okay, well, I had no idea who Celeste was. And then I happened to watch the Academy Awards and she sang the song, um, oh gosh, Hear My Voice, which was oh. for the trial of the Chicago 7. I did so, not know that was her. Yeah. Oh, okay. My voice is so good. So I heard it and I was like, oh, this girl's got a super cool vibe. Mm -hmm. I'm going to check out to see what she did. And because she had released the album earlier in the year, I just like started listening to it and was like really drawn in. It's a super chill album. It's kind of, it's great because it's like a foreground album, but it's also really easy to go in the background. So like while you're working, while you're getting ready, like it's, it's got a really great ambiance to it. So um, very chill, some upbeat tracks. But the thing that I really love about her is her voice is phenomenal. Yes. But her musicality, like there are certain things, even just with the, the album that kind of make you do a double take. Like mm-hmm. as you're listening, you're like, ooh, that was kind of cool. I want to hear that again. And you're not always 100% sure where the song is going to go. It'll feel like, oh, it's going to be like, there's you're going to hit a moment of resolution in the song. And then she makes it like kind of dissonant. And you're like, ooh, right. I didn't see that coming, but it works. Yeah, and, you're um, right. It's almost yeah, like jazz. It's, it's really very cool. unpredictable. Yeah, it's got a really cool R&B feel. And then it's um, kind of very reminiscent of like, Ella Fitzgerald, Nina Simone. Actually, she has like a Nina Simone riff in one of her songs, which I was like, what is happening? Very, <laughs> very cool. Very cool. Very cool album. Yeah. So, I, yeah. as I was listening to it, I, um, it's not a very long record, you know, like I think it's what, like maybe mm-hmm. like 10 to 12 tracks. Like it's like nice and short. It's yeah. nice and concise. Um, and I really enjoyed it as well. For me, it gave me a lot of like Nora Jones, like easy listening yes. kind of vibe. She has a beautiful voice though, but just so calming and soothing, mm-hmm. but also has like, it kind of has like an edge, you know, like she sounds like yeah. She could take you on in a fight too. She's got that like that sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. There's like a few raspy moments where you're like, oh, do not fuck with her. Do not. Definitely do not you. fuck with Celeste. Yeah. Um no. now <laughs> would you have any favorite songs off this record, Care? Oh my God, so many. Um, <laughs> but I will say I think the first track off the album, Ideal Woman. <laughs> I don't know. It's also like my first real track to, of hers I listened to other than Hear My Voice, but yeah. it's just super cool. And I kind of like the, um, what you had said about her saying she like kind of came into her own or like found that this yeah, album- Yeah, she really, found that power. You can, you can feel the power through it where it's, it feels very thematic of like, let me do my own thing. If you don't like me for who I am, like, fuck it. Like, I don't care. Yeah. But it's just a very um, ideal woman just kind of, is a very um like a strong song for for like female empowerment even just like 
person empowerment because you might not be someone's ideal choice, but like, who gives a shit? You can't change who you are. You may have come from that place where you did pretend to be someone to fit into a mold, but like, yeah, as long as you're kind of living your truth, like find someone who appreciates it, find someone like, or don't like yeah. just be true to you. And, it, and you feel that throughout the album. It's very cool. Like jazzy, like soulful vibe. It's, yeah. Um, I really that- dig it. I agree that total, like that, that track and even, you know, the, the title of the album, cause it's called not your muse. Like, I feel like she's really, you know, she's talking about not being the ideal woman and questioning, like, what does being an ideal woman actually even mean? Because throws that kind of whole like logic on, on its head for, you know, let's say we're talking about like a male female relationship, for example, it's like, well, what, 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 do, what are men expecting from an ideal woman air quotes for the listeners yeah. using air quotes, because that's not, <laughs> yeah. that, that's not everybody. And like, maybe your, no. your picture of that person looks a lot different um, than what's actually out there. And maybe it's this like idea that you can never actually attain. You know what I mean? It's like the whole yeah. supermodel type status and, and, and Photoshop and porn, everything yeah. is just like, it's not real. That's not real life. Yeah. So I may not be your ideal woman, but basically fuck all the haters. And also I'm not going to be your muse. You know what I mean? It's like, she is her own person. Yes, I love that. She has her own album. She's writing her own songs. Like she does not need anybody else to like do that for her, which I love. Oh yeah. Like she says in not your muse, which is also a great song is, uh, is I can't be owned. And I think it's such a cool idea too, of, um, when she was writing it, I think she kind of paralleled a lot of like the music industry standards on like how she should behave, kind of what they expect from her and kind of try to fit her into a mold to like market her. Right. And it's kind of a, a cool take on like, just like your own agency, like your agency in life, your agency and what you want, staying true to you. But like, let me be my own person. You can kind of see it in any aspect, right? It's, I found a lot of her songs, you could take it on like a surface level of like a relationship or whatever, but you can also just take it down to like a friend level, like work level, a society level, and just kind of be like, I don't know, like when I need you, I'll let you know, but otherwise just like, let me be me. Otherwise I'm good. And yeah, I'm gonna do my thing. I'm gonna do my thing. You do your thing and fuck the haters basically. Exactly. Don't mistake me for somebody who cares. Cause I don't. Cause I don't. Cause, Cause I don't. I don't. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, it's yeah, it's a great record. I really encourage everyone to go out and uh, go out and find it because I did not know this record existed until you told me. And I feel like that's you know been a really fun part for doing this wrap up episode too. Is that I've just you know I. I got the opportunity to listen to a lot of albums that I didn't even know came out this year. So um, I was stoked that you brought it up, Carrie. As we move into uh, the new year, Carrie, we're wrapping up uh, this mm-hmm. this year. Do you have any, you know, favorite moments of 2021? Anything that you're grateful for in this uh, this past very strange year that we had? I Okay, well, vaccinations. Very happy Huge. to be a vaccinated individual, which has led Huge. me to see a few people. Still, I'm still, I'm still tentative about the world and, That's and okay. people. Um, but I've been able to like, you know, like go to the office a couple times, meet the people I work with and, nice. uh, hang out with friends, like have like a nice, like dinner inside and not be like, oh my God, we're breaking the law. Yeah. Um, the paranoia so, has subsided. Yeah. 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 Also didn't get, I don't know. I didn't, didn't get the flu or like a horrible cold, which I normally get over the summer because yep. I was still inside. <laughs> um, <laughs> didn't, but, um, no, I don't know. I think like. Honestly, it was just just kind of like starting to see a sense of like normalcy come back. But yeah, I just kind of, you know what, you know what actually I'm grateful for is I've picked up a lot of like different hobbies. So I started painting. Yes. I started she is an crosswording. Artiste. Oh man, 
like Bob Ross, eat your heart out. Um, just, tarot I mean, cards? Just, I'm just tarot card. Tarot I just, card? Very, I'm like full of happy little accidents. <laughs> I'm a happy little accident. <laughs> Um, or so my parents say, uh, but <laughs> anywho, <laughs> um, no, but I think it's just like, it's kind of given me the time to do things that I otherwise probably wouldn't have had time to start and, right. um, things that I'm, I'm planning on continuing. Did, did the Sunday morning crossword for a bit today? I feel very, very smart. There you go. Right. I mean, I also feel really stupid because no. I don't get a lot of hints, <laughs> but I mean, I learned if you need fun fact, another word for bellyache is a kvetch. A what? K-V-E-T-C-H, a kvetch. That's a real word. I'm using it. Yeah. Another word for an ant is a pissmire. <laughs> this is all in the, in I the don't know. puzzle. I'm going to, yeah, it was like ant. And I'm like, uh, so I'm looking up my crossword dictionary, pissmire. Pissmire. So, I mean, I'm just bringing them, I'm bringing them into everyday conversation. Wow. The like, more you know, hmm, really. It's a pissmire. Yeah. And I changed my tires, my winter tires yesterday. Things I never would have done. I jacked it up. Wow. Did you torque them? Did you torque them yet? <laughs> Torqued. I did a lot of, I did a lot of like bold unscrewing, trying to carry it. It's, it's, it was easy. It was not easy. Like, you are not oh, the ideal good. woman, it's Carrie. Fun. No, I'm not. And I mean that and in the nicest possible way. I do not way. care. I do not care. <laughs> are you saying I'm a mess? I'm a hot no, mess. No, never. It's fine. Wow. That was a lot of great albums. <laughs> Wow, that really was. Can you believe that this person said that thing about that specific artist? That was incredible. Because when, I can't. <laughs> when they said that about that, I was like, Phew. I'm just going to like edit like sound bites into all of it. <laughs> Where I'm like, can you believe that they said that about Tyler, the creator? <laughs> it's going to be good. We're recording this a little bit out of order, as uh, the listeners can probably tell already. But it's really, I thought it was seamless. <laughs> It's your turn now, though, Nat. You are our first guest ever, and it only makes sense that you're going to close out our 50th episode talking about your favorite album of 2021. So what is the album you're going to talk about today? Well, first off, I'm so honored. Second off, um, I mean, you know the album I'm going to talk about because it's all we ever talk about. But I'm going to talk about Blink Once by the Arkells or just Arkells. I don't think there's a the before them. It's there just is no Arkells. It's, it's hard. Arkells. But then you feel stupid when you're like, uh, my favorite album, Blink Once by Arkells. But it's because it's like but they're named after Arkell Street. I know, but it's like there should there should be a the doesn't matter. <laughs> it's fine. Your your favorite album of the year is Blink Once by Arkells, Canadian band. We've talked about them on the podcast before. Uh, this album was released by Universal Music Canada this year. It's the band's sixth studio album released in September. And according to Arkells, it is a record about resilience. It's about grieving with loss and fallouts and finding your way back and finding comfort in your family, community, and music. Um, We'll probably talk about this a little bit later on in the episode too, but it was major news this year that Arkells opened Budweiser stage. Uh, they played a long weekend, three three shows in a row, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, um, once uh, restrictions were lifted here in Toronto, Canada, which was amazing. And next year they returned to their Hamilton roots with the rally at Tim Hortons Field, which we're going to. Yeah, and don't forget, we also went to the Budweiser opener. Oh, that was the girl, show. did we ever. <laughs> did we ever. Um, now, before we get into that, again, like I said, we're, we're definitely going to have to talk about it. But can you tell me, why did you pick this album to talk about today? For obvious reasons, because we love Arkells. And um, I mean, I, it was just a really great album that was like really needed at the time. Because they really broke out the release of it. They like broke it into like, I think they released 
the four songs ahead of the release of the actual album. Yeah, like Years standard. in the Making came out like last year. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then they put it on Campfire Chords and they released Campfire Chords before they did this yeah, album. Yeah. So they like really hyped it up and like it was almost like something we needed as like I said earlier that this year was about just like waiting for things. Like you were always waiting for things to get better. So this by them sprinkling this little bit of thing. Like I remember you and I like messaging each other. We're like, when PM Thursday, it's happening. be there. And like, we would just like both listen and be like, Oh my God, I love it. Obviously. And, um, so it was really like, thank I'm thankful for it that it like came out in that way that we kind of had this like glimmer of hope. Yeah. I also really like where the, where our cows, I wanted to say the, <laughs> where cows are going with their music. Um, a lot of people will say that they are like diehard Jackson Square fans and that like the old Arkells is the only way to go. But I'm really digging the positive, like happy positivity, sunshine, live your life, be yourself, true colors, Cindy Lauper vibes. Cindy Lauper <laughs> vibes. They give me those Cindy Lauper <laughs> vibes. <laughs> But it is kind of true. I agree. I, I hate to cut you off, but I just mean like I feel like a lot of the songs on this album, there's a lot of like influence from a lot of eighties musicians, yeah, exactly. but also a lot of hip hop. But like it's it's a very it's a very interesting album. It's yeah. So yeah, and it, it, it is very different than their original albums and but that's what happens, you know, music changes, people change, artists grow, and I think that they're growing in a direction that I guess I'm feeling the same with. So like all this like the happiness and the vibes and all that stuff like that's all I it just resonates with me and it's like I think it's what people need right now like I don't need you know piss hardly reach the stall I need <laughs> I need let your colors show yeah. so yeah uh, I don't know I think it's just a, it was just a great album and I loved all the songs on it there's not one where I was like oh I could do without that one. Haven't really listened to Strong because it makes me sad, but... Yeah, it's a tough one. You know, but every all the other ones, like, I like all of them, and I would listen to all of them. Well, and the band has said, I, I'm pretty sure around the promo, I remember seeing on Instagram, they were like, it's a non-skippable album. You do not want to skip any songs. And I totally agree with you. When it came out and I was listening to it in full, I was like, first of all, I was so jazzed because of what you said, because literally we were counting down days, being mm -hmm. like, new Kells is coming. It was like a Friday. I was like, we need this. We're ready. It was probably after the concert now that I think about it. Yeah. Or right, maybe like right before or something like that. But anyways, we were waiting a long time for it, obviously. And um, I'm with you on the whole like, positive self-love self-affirming vibes yeah. that the album provides which like don't get me wrong like it's not like they're a negative band it's not like they like completely like flip that switch yeah. um but it was so cool seeing like how they've grown and like become like older and like more mature and like you know a couple of the guys in the band have like started families and stuff but it's also about like celebrating maybe more of like the little things in life and like the people who make you who you are like that's mm -hmm. that's really what I got from this record I think more than anything else and in the time of COVID you're right that's exactly what I needed to hear exactly yeah, yeah. I feel like their records have always been about like looking at people's stories and I feel like this yeah. one was more about like it's still looking at stories I mean like the one thing that I know it's like I feel like they're talking about a specific person yeah like an Irish that. person yeah <laughs> probably an Irish person I know it's because he's like why did you lose your I don't know I said I feel like Irish. it's like a North Canadian thing or probably something like that <laughs> it's like small town <laughs> America like Irish Manitowoc County they're like oh sure okay yeah okay I'm from one Wawa. thing that I know eh? <laughs> um but like this yeah this one I just felt like it was just so I don't know it's just very positive and like, and everything yeah. just feels like, even like the songs like swing, 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 even though he's like, 
He's like, I want one of those songs that sound like sound really happy, but they're really sad when you <laughs> yeah. listen to the lyrics. I was just li- yeah. listening to that today, and I was thinking that too because he says like, swing, 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 getting high, getting low again. I wonder how you've been, how you've been. So obviously it's like a breakup or like whatever it is. And I'm just like, that just like hit me literally today, like literally on November 11th at like 5 p.m. I was like, oh my god, this song is sad. Yeah, and we're like swing, 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 swing. <laughs> yeah, like literally dancing around my yeah. apartment. Kiara does the best impression of Max from our cast. I do a pretty good Max. You do a really good dance impression. He's pretty easy to imitate, though, once you get some of the body movements down. Yeah, but they were, like, perfect. They were so good. <laughs> I've seen them live too many times. It's just called white dad dancing. Yeah, that's basically it. If I had, like, a white, like, dad hat and stuff and, like, some, like, yeah. Nike, new, Nike New Balance. You did, like, a windsuit. A windsuit? What's a windsuit? Like, you know, like, a windbreaker and then, like, wind oh. pants. I don't know. What, what do you call them? Plastic pants. <laughs> What's a windbreaker or pant equivalent? Pant breaker. Wind, <laughs> windbreaker for your legs. <laughs> I don't know what the pants equivalent of a windbreaker is, but sure. We'll call Track it a- suit. That's what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Yep. Too much wine. Um, yeah. If I, I'll get the track suit and then we'll make it work. Yeah. Um, so I totally agree with you on the, the, the overall vibe of the album. And what's been funny is doing all these little like mini pod episodes and hearing about the albums that really inspired people over this people over this last year, there has been this like theme of positivity and like figuring out who you are and like being yourself. And I feel like a lot of, you know, Gen Z artists have done that in a really strong Mm -hmm. way because Gen Z is like so so powerful, so woke, so woke, but it's fun to see like a band like Arkells who are not a Gen Z. They've been around for quite a while and they're like coming into their own and inspiring the millennial generation. Right. Mm -hmm. So I I really love that listening to the album. What are your favorite songs off the record? Um, I really like One Thing That I Know. So good. I just feel like it's it's the whole like vibe. It's like letting your true color show. The Cindy Lauper vibe. Yeah, like don't change yourself for anybody, basically. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So I really and like that And they filmed that music video to No Frills. Did you see that music video? Yeah, yeah. I love that. I like Dufferin <laughs> Mall or something. I was like, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I really like that one. And I like um, All Roads. It's like the chill, chill vibes, but it's just, it's so good. I have said to you before, remember, uh, we did that like, um, American Express thing where we like got to go on a zoom call and like listen to the band, like play some stuff. And I remember saying to you, I was like, this reminds me of Africa by Toto because of the drums and just like very eighties. And I feel like the whole album is kind of eighties inspired. Yeah. And then I love the one. And it sounds really dumb because I don't remember what the name is. Nobody gets me like you do. Yeah, that's the one because yeah. that's our song. Literally. We've <laughs> talked about Eyes on the Prize on the on the podcast before, which I feel like it's always going to be oh, no our replacing. song. But Nobody Gets Me Like You Do was almost like a step further. You're like, whoa, 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 guys. <laughs> well, like, hey. do they know us? <laughs> Wait. <laughs> because it was like, um, you know, uh, I could tell you anything and you wouldn't judge, but you tell me straight if I fucked up. And it's like, just me and you. My sugar tooth doing anything. What's a sugar we, tooth? I don't know. <laughs> someone sweet? I don't know. Sugar tooth? Not parachute? Sugar tooth. Someone who I'm catches you when you're about to jump off the edge? I'm like, like, hey, sugar tooth. Hey, what sugar tooth. That? But it's like, I think to me, that song is about like having a best friend mm-hmm. that you can just like, again, be your whole self with and yeah. like not get judged and just like have fun. And like, there's a line in the song where he says like, every day with us could be a wedding speech. And I'm like, it could be when we get married. Oh, you and I be. get married? Yeah. When you and I get married. <laughs> Goodbye, Hector. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a really good wedding speech. Our whole story. But I, I do. I love that one as well. So I really love I agree with you on all of those songs, uh, especially All Roads. One thing that I know nobody gets me like you do. Gotta talk about No Regrets. It's a good one. I love No Regrets. Here's a fun fact about me. I like to get drunk and message bands on Instagram. So <laughs> that is what I did with our Kells. I messaged them before. Nice guys. They've responded sometimes. Other times they don't. It's fine. 
but uh, they're like scrolling through, they're like, God, they're like, wow, she messaged oh my god. a lot. Oh my god, <laughs> it's like that TikTok trend where they're like, Oh my god, oh my god. Um, but I happened to be drinking one night, as and one was, does, as one does, and I was listening to the album and I was listening to No Regrets, which to me kind of sounds like again, like this like 80s vibe that they took on. It kind of sounds like a just like a it, it reminded me of like being like a teenager and like having my room plastered with like posters <laughs> and just like dancing around my room just like so obsessed with like whatever band let's say it was Arkells at that time or whoever it was and so I messaged the band and like they did not respond let's just <laughs> if they ever listened to this it's okay like I'm, I'm not hurt that you didn't respond it took her a few days <laughs> but they were like or uh, my my idea I was like guys I have an idea for a music video <laughs> hear me out hear me out they weren't even responding wait, 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 and I was wait. like sending multiple messages I was like hear me out hear me out just listen <laughs> But I said, wouldn't it be fun if that music video was like an ode to these like, you know, teenagers in like the early 2000s who did have their rooms plastered with all these like band posters and people they were obsessed with, like all over their MySpace and their MSN, like whatever it was. And so you'd have, yeah, it's just Gerard Way. Um, Patrick Patrick Star. Patrick Stump. Patrick Stump. (laughs) SpongeBob. Stump Boys for Life. Stump Boys for Life. Pete Wentz everywhere. Ben Koalesic from Billy Talent. But I'm like, wouldn't it be fun if you had like a main character who, let's say, in, was a female teenage girl, whatever, and she has this room plastered with posters like, and is, like is me. It's me. I will do it. Basically, <laughs> I already look 12, so it's perfect. Um, but she's kind of like singing and like jamming to the song, and then like Arkells are like in the posters, and they like come to life slowly throughout the, vid- the video. That was my idea. <laughs> I love how you like, guys, listen. I was like, hold on. Listen, stop paying whoever you pay for music videos. I've got the winning idea right here. I'll give for it to you free. for free. For free. And I sent them this like whole plot. I was like, so picture, like I literally, exactly what I told you. I sent them this entire thing. <laughs> Are you going to follow up? Be like, hi guys, just following up on my previous message. As per my last note, as I per think- my last email, <laughs> I have Watching- noticed you still haven't read it. And that's really hurtful. They like release a video. It's like that shot for shot. You know what? I wouldn't even be mad. I would screenshot your thing and I'd be like, Ahem. well, the podcast saved it in time. There we go. It's now frozen in time. You know that that was my <laughs> idea. In case they come up with this music video of a girl like dancing around her room and like the Arkells start to like come to life and throw out. And she's just like, cause no regrets to me is just like, you know, finding somebody that you're like really attracted to. You're like in the beginning stages of a relationship or like whatever it looks like. And you're just like so obsessed with them. And you just like, I don't know it's like kissed you in the living room, danced you around the kitchen. Like I just, I don't know. It's fun. It's, it's, it's a light song. Great, like, palate cleanser, I feel like, on the album from some of the more intense songs, mm-hmm. like something like Strong. Just fun. It was so just good. a fun record. So it's a great record. Great music video, too. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what music video? <laughs> I'm excited to see what they come up with. The music videos have been great. Your music video come to life. I want to be in it. Arkells, you if be. you're listening. But a little, please. I'm blonde now. We can make this happen. Yeah. <laughs> I'm built for the videos. Put me on TV, please. Mom, hello? <laughs> I'll play the mom. <laughs> um no it's so funny like I I'm so glad that we were able to talk about this record today Nat because I was thinking so I have to talk about my favorite record of 2021 and I actually feel like this was my favorite record no way and the only like twins twins (laughs) I like the yes I like twins (laughs) oh no but it's true no no (laughs) 
when I was reflecting on this year and you said it, it was needed like mm-hmm. this album. I needed this album. And when it came out, I was so happy. It was either going to either going to be this album or inside by Bo Burnham that I was going to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> Cause those are the Good two albums too. I listened to the most. Good choice. Just like, yeah, just Jeffrey Bezos. Jeffrey all day. Bezos. You did it. <laughs> you did it. <laughs> but I do love this record for literally all the reasons that we just talked about. It's got to be my favorite album of 2021 from one of my favorite bands of all time who just continue to surprise me with mm-hmm. what they do. For sure. So it is just like a beautiful way to end the end the year for me. Twins. Twins. <laughs> Speaking of beautiful ways to end the year, the thing I want to leave the listeners with, Nat, is uh, on a very positive note. So uh, do you have a favorite memory from 2021 or something great that happened that you're really grateful for? Yes. Tell me more. <laughs> and? Yes, and. Um, no, I think the best part of 2021, coming off of 2020, coming off of the really hard beginning of 2021 was, you know, that day, like, that, it was, like, June, July, where, like, everyone you know was getting vaccinated. Yes. And everyone was sending, like, in, like, our, like, group chat, everyone was sending, like, okay, my vax is booked this day, this day, this day, this day. Yeah. And then we're, like oh my God, we can actually like hang out with people yeah, without having to like worry like, oh, who did you see? Who did I see? Let's talk about everyone we've seen in the past week to make sure that like they've never seen anyone either. And like, yeah, it was just so nice being able to just see people without having to think about it. And it was like, it was so nice to just be able to like, I was just thinking about this like literally like last week when you came over, when like you just just last minute I was like oh hey you want to come over and you're like yeah come over or yeah I'm gonna come over and then you did yeah and then there was like no like second thoughts there was no anxiety no concerns it was just like yep okay let's just hang out and it was like it just made me so grateful for like being able to see everybody like having like groups of people together safely obviously um but being able to see people without like really worrying about all these all the crap that's going on in the world. So I feel like that's like the biggest thing. It's like almost like a re-gratefulness for like your friends and being able to like have those, those groups together and, and, um, and you really like feel it too. Like I feel like every like group, you feel it's Squidward. I feel it's Squidward. (laughs) No, all like the group settings. It's like, everyone's just like so grateful to be there too and to be together. So I think it like really ignited this, like this like friendship, this like level of like love and, and appreciation for your friends versus like them just being like someone that you just like hang out with or that like, you know, groups of people. It's like a real appreciation that these people were like there for you this whole time. And that now you actually get to see them. Yeah. A hundred percent. Long winded way of saying, I love my friends. It's a beautiful memory though. That's, that is like something to be super grateful for in 2021 because yeah, I, I would say like for me getting vaccinated was a super high point for me. Like I just, it felt so surreal. I got my vaccination at Cloverdale, <laughs> Cloverdale in Mississauga. And it was like the big mass vaccination center. I like had to wait in line. Everybody's got their masks on, whatever, like firefighters everywhere, like checking on people, whatever it was. And it just felt so like contagion-esque. Like it felt very like mm-hmm. a movie. But once they like put the needle in and I was just like, holy shit, like that was dose one. And then I remember getting dose two and just being like, oh my, like this, this is life changing. Mm-hmm. This is a moment that I'm going to remember forever. And like, that's huge. Um, I do have to say though, my favorite moment of 2021 was August 15th, 2021, which was the day that we saw our cows. <laughs> <on Budweiser stage. laughs> yep, okay. Reason being is it was the first 
first show, the first big live music concert that any of us had been to in, mm-hmm. I think it was like 528 days. I can't remember what the Arkell said, but it was something like crazy like that. Right. And I mean, like maybe you can share your thoughts on this too. Cause you and I went together, but like we got those tickets. We were like, still kind of like, we don't really know what it's going to be mm-hmm. like. We were kind of nervous, whatever. But it was like, once we got there, it almost like faded away. And we just were so, everybody was just so entranced by what yeah. was happening. Yeah. It was beautiful. Everyone was like, I've I've never been to it. Like usually when you go to a concert, you like meet buddies and see friends and people are like excited to be there because everyone's just like jazzed about the music. But like this time was different. Like we like everywhere we went, we made like best friends because everyone was just so excited to socialize with people. Yeah. And everyone was just so thankful and happy to be there that like everyone was just like so friendly. Like when we got the... The we photos. took like the rickshaw oh yeah we took a rickshaw i forgot <laughs> we're like With patrick yeah pa- patrick star yeah <laughs> patrick stump, patrick stump. <laughs> took a rickshaw to the concert venue because you were just like but i think that was you also like taking advantage of the situation you're like why don't we just take a rickshaw we've never done it like covid has also made me like do more things yeah that i am worried that i would never get the chance to do again if i didn't do it at that moment yeah so we're like yeah i'm gonna pay fucking 20 dollars for a rickshaw <laughs> to, to walk us across the street and i'm like haggling with him i'm like give him a 10 he's 15 like, 15 i was like ah you got me and i tipped him 10 dollars anyways <laughs> you paid more than he originally wanted with the tip ah it's yeah magic. but it was such a fun night like it was just it was honestly magic like that will go down yeah. i think is my favorite concert in history to just be like in that setting you i think you and i were just in like disbelief for I know. hours and we cried like six times each <laughs> cried so many times actually though oh my god it was it, it was absolutely amazing and to me it just reminded me like how much i love you know how much i love doing the podcast number one because like i love music but it just how much i love like you know being with my friends being with my family being with people you love because that's what those those experiences are all about so i can't talk about it anymore i'm I'm gonna get too sad i'm gonna start crying crying no it was awesome it was amazing it was awesome it was absolutely amazing and so for kind of a strange and stressful and anxiety inducing year i will say that the last few months of like again hanging out with you like no regrets like regret free no regrets like it's just been it's just been so great to be with people again and you know Christmas is coming up it's an important time of year whether you celebrate Christmas or not it's just a time to be with people that you love so I am so excited for that and I'm so excited to ring in a new year and to keep us moving forward a hundred percent yeah and can I just say congratulations on your 50th episode of a Thank you. And I do have to say like, thanks to, thanks to everyone who's like still been listening, you know, like it's, this is a small podcast. This is a small operation. We just do it because it's fun and we like to drink and say stupid (laughs) shit into the microphone. Um, but it honestly has been, uh, so amazing this year. We've done a lot of virtual pods. We've had a lot of great, uh, brewery sponsor the podcast and amazing representatives come on. So I'm so proud of how far the podcast has come in 50 episodes and Nat cheers to you for being our first guest ever and our 50th. (laughs) Uh, episode guest as well thank you for having me cheers to you thank you and with that i will say to our listeners hope you have an amazing holiday and a really safe and healthy 2022 and thank you so much for listening and we hope to see you in the new year merry chrysler merry chrysler